Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. I'm Rick Darren. Here with Destin Frazier. Okay, I know that the show is on toilet paper, but it's okay because I got the corn. Wait, fuck, I need the cob. Ah. Uh, that is definitely not the way I would like to go about my hygienics. Oh, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> I'm okay. Nothing happened to me, for God's sakes. Referencing the PMs that I'm getting, I'm fine. I'm late because there's a lot of news. Listen, I'm not a professional newscaster, despite rumors or speculation. And uh, a lot of this COVID stuff and the information, the facts, the cancellations, the money, the budget, everything that's happening, it's a bit new for me to have to go through that much news uh, in such a short period of time. Short period. I've been here since about 3 p.m. So welcome all of you to the chat room. And thank you for being patient and hanging in there. Uh, Like I said, it's a little disorganized today, but I still wanted to bring you guys the news. Uh, and us get into some of the stuff that's going on. Like, uh, the paperwork's everywhere. The program is all over the place. Uh, but I still wanted to do a program. You know, and yeah, shower if you got no TP. Write it down. Yeah, yeah, might as well. But yeah, yeah if anything would have gone wrong, believe me, y'all, y'all would have heard from me. Like, you know, yeah, the most. We got this. <laughs> it's going to be a little disorganized. As they say, I'm now in the epicenter. Of this incident, <laughs> right? Is not what they call it—the the epicenter. That's where I am. So it's a little yeah. chaotic for me when I'm not here, as well. And the show has sort of reflected that with all the news. So yeah, sorry for the sorry to be tardy to my own party. At your party, you can be late if you want to. We call that a fancy entrance. But like I told you guys years ago, there's no such thing as cancellations around here unless the world literally ends. And even then, we might try. And I said, and even then, we might try. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if the hotspot still picks up. We'll do something. Yeah, I said, even then, even then, we said last week, you know, when the hotspot or two weeks ago when the hotspots failed us. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know there was a little bit of a freak out there that I, I legit, and I see you guys. I, I'm looking through the bot. So if if you're new or you're not here regularly, be sure to type in case I missed your name coming in here. Most of the regulars I got. Uh, to shout out at, at the end of the show. But uh, I noticed that it got really bloated in here when I was MIA for a little period of time. Yeah. Like, See, nothing happened. He's okay, guys. I promise. I kind of like how it kind of thinned out a little bit more when uh, once we came on the air. You know, like, oh, I just want to make sure he ain't dead. Don't give a shit what he's All I'm say. saying, though, is <laughs> if you go rush us, at least stick around. That's all I'm saying. Oh, you take it personally. You see, you offended Destin on this one. I don't care either way, but yeah, he, he didn't like that. You just only only stuck around to make sure no one was dead. Right. As hard as that man works, I take that shit personally. <laughs> he doesn't. I you, he doesn't. I do because I know what he's doing in the background. Oh boy, let me. Uh, do I have the notifications up in case you guys uh host us or I'll turn them on now? Remember, these things don't turn on when uh. If there's a video of something running in the background or even an image on the screen, generally it's going to be trained not to do that. Yeah, that causes all kinds of chaos and mischief. And Yeah, pretty much. So how have you been? Uh, you know, worked a day in the past few days, so I didn't get got, got to blow off some steam, wouldn't completely start crazy, so. That's not bad. But I mean, I, my, my, my two systems have kept me entertained, so. 
gaming consoles are becoming the thing, right? Look at that. If you don't like video games, then F you because there's <laughs> nothing else. There's nothing else out there for you right now. Movies. I got to read all kinds canceled. of different things this week. Are you kidding me? Like, can't do anything. Human contact, gone. Everything. <laughs> Wiped. Fist of the North Star style or Mad Max style. <laughs> Depends on whether you're Japanese or American, I guess. It would be Mel Gibson for us and Ken Shiro for them. Yeah. So Scott Steiner, still alive. Yeah. You know, we have to talk about something positive. Let's talk about fucking Scott Steiner's alive, man. The greatest mathematician in all of history. This still was a here. triumph. <laughs> <laughs> I'm marking it right here. Big success. I'm telling you, man, where is that fucking Rick Dara mixtape? Like, I. We need this at this point. Like, Jesus Christ. Because first of all, the Christmas song is the first one going on there. Oh, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. What is this? Again, a little disorganized here. I'm going through it at the same time as you guys. So if you don't like the live aspect of this, then turn the shit off. But anyway, So what we have here, Scott Steiner, after he had heart surgery, he showed up at a, a wrestling event. This was at NEW Anniversary 2 on March 14th. And apparently he did a promo of some sort that involved oh, math. Oh, Again? help me. Please let it happen. <laughs> now, it's obvious that everybody heard of what happened last week. A lot of people came to me and were playing for me. Give me the best wishes. And I appreciate that. But i tell you what. Uh, it happened on Friday night. I actually do not remember walking to the ring. Talking, walking back to the ring, collapsing. I don't remember Friday night. I don't remember Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully you, hopefully you will. But as I'm in the hospital, the freaking the nurses out because they don't. I don't remember nothing. I don't know why I'm there. I'm asking why am I here? I got to get out of here. At that point, the wife walks in. She says, "Oh, don't worry about it. I'm gonna talk to me. Always this is me." That's my beautiful wife right there, 20 years. Give her a hand. But as I was sitting on the hospital bed, the doctor came up to me and said, what the procedure that happened to you, normally you're only 8% chance of winning, of, of getting off the bed, of living. I said, doc, Every time I step in the ring, I have a hundred forty one two thirds chance of winning. <laughs> we get my chance to start jumping out this business. So let's go to all my freaks in Jasper, Alabama. Big public pumps you hook up. Holler! If you hear me. Oh yes, I have. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Doctor says I gotta take a couple weeks off. So I've known this guy for over 30 years. And he still looks the same to me. Everybody welcome Mike Jackson! Okay, I think uh, I'm good. We got the best part out of the way. Yeah, I think I'm good with that. So look, there's some good news there, guys, right? I tried. Look, Scott Steiner's not dead again. You know how many times it's happened in my lifetime where I was surprised he's not dead after something? Like, oh man, again, another milestone for me of holy shit, Scott Steiner's still alive. Right. It, sh- it should be a holiday. 
It's a victory. Scott Snyder's still alive day. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not dead day. There you go. Yeah, he's not dead day. That's exactly it's what it's going to be. It's, it's the holiday where we celebrate every year when a wrestler lives another year. Uh huh. Now, I know we're going to talk about this later on because we have to get into what happened with the weeklies, the empty arena weeklies. But uh, I feel like we've been following this for so long together that we should finish it. So uh, Matt Hardy put up a free the delete episode 12 titled finale. And uh, yeah, I guess this is it. This is the last time that we're going to be watching the free to delete. Right. I'm kind of sad. Yeah, like it's been such a ride. Like it's just Yeah, these are uh, fun. We've been sharing them around and all the speculation. But this all is I'm saying, it. Matt, season two, please. Like me. Yeah, this is pretty much it. We'll get into more stuff later on. Uh, in regards to that. Which is why we're gonna get it out of the way now. Yeah. So Sugar Shang? Hey, what's up, dude? Can you try this boy? Have faith, have faith, have faith. Great rice. Resurrect Z. Great rice. Damascus. Damascus. Great rice. 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 Great they say imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Ryzen, get in the ring. I would like to have a dialogue with you. Is that what they have call it? Why did you something? I have an offer for you. I would like you to bend the knee. Swear your allegiance and loyalty to me. I beg your fucking pardon? Take the deal. <laughs> and if That's- I don't... Then I will be forced to break you. Do you really want an enemy like me, Zenith? Zenith does not dwell in this vessel any longer. You are dealing with Damascus. Well then, Damascus. Let's dance. Oh, a match between deities? Bit his nose. Jesus. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, you should have done that. Oh, he's just other dudes, other dudes climbing the ladder. Oh, wait, bringing him out. Look at that. High angle power bomb through the table to finish it. I must break you! I have freed the delete. Vanguard 1, take me to my Arcadia. Vanguard 1's flying off somewhere. Oh shit, that's how it ends? Yeah. Which he actually, yeah, referenced, uh, Cause I don't know. You heard him on the Jericho podcast, right? Uh, no. If it's anything that takes place beyond the point that we were at, I don't want to hear it yet. Okay. But that's as far as we're going with the Hardy stuff for the time being. 
least for now. The final delete. The final deletion. You see that? You see yeah. what they did there? Very clever stuff. It's amazing what you can do with actual creativity. Yeah, if you want to even call it that. Betty named your own full of writers. It was great. So, uh, in other news, Tessa Blanchard is angry. Oh, Jesus. What happened now? Yeah, right. That's so uncharacteristic <laughs> of Tessa Blanchard to be angry. I was hoping you could explain it to me after I get this story up because uh, I don't really follow her the way that you did with the TNA stuff. Um, let's see what we got here. So she got pissed off that people were stealing her moves. She said people, if they don't believe in themselves 100%, they're going to find other reasons why you're successful other than hard work and they're going to pick at it no matter what you do, no matter where you go, someone's going to always have something to say. So am I going to sit here and bitch about it online or gripe about every little thing that happens or every move that someone steals from me and does on Monday night? No, I'm going to have the mental strength to know that I'm creative and fucking awesome and I'm going to go find someone else that's unique if if you steal that too. Cool, it doesn't matter. It happens. It's our business, but you've got to have the mental strength and if you don't believe in yourself more than anything, then you're only going to get so far. So she's kind of implying that someone's stealing her moves. And on Mondays, who? If, what is she, what, if is she what I think it is, it sounds like you might be referencing Andrade. Because Andrade, uh, of course, uses the hammerlock DDT. One of Tesla's two finishers, the buzzsaw DDT, is a hammerlock DDT. Now, the I only mean, thing I'm not sure of is who's been doing that move longer. I was about to say um, Andrade, right? The guy from Los Ingobernables. That dude's like a veteran, right? He's been all over the place. He's the crea- creator of that stable, right? Yeah, I believe so. I she guess the only thing I can She might have still been like, a child when he was doing that shit. Yeah, it's kind of weird that she would think, like, I don't know, has he just been doing the, um, the hammerlock since he's been in WWE? Because like, she's fairly young. I don't know if he's only been doing it. But, I mean, he can't be the only person that does the hammerlock DDT. How long has she been doing it? I, I want to find that uh, out. I hope that's not the move. It's a fucking DDT. It's, it's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I'm Maybe not sure. That, that's, that's the one thing I would have to find out to kind of see, like, how how much credibility that would have because if she's yeah. been doing it before andrade showed up in wwe he's only been doing it since then i can kind of understand it yeah that's just but then i don't know job. if she's been doing that move basically i don't know if she's been doing that move for her whole career because i mean even impact one of those people where they don't really make you change your move so that's just strange man yeah yeah it's weird she's like i'm not gonna complain about people stealing my moves on monday night <laughs> raw while she's complaining about people stealing her moves on Monday. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? Come on now, Tesla. Yeah, don't be so damn salty. I guess, is it, is it the gimmick or is she just a salty? I mean, I guess according to people, it's not the gimmick, right? Uh, but then again, look at who those people were and we ain't heard from them since. So. Yeah. I don't know. Could be living the gimmick. Her gimmick right. It could be one of those things where her gimmick's a little bit more of an exaggerated extension of herself. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely possible. Yeah. She might just have a little bit of attitude, and it's just like, okay, we need you to have a whole lot of attitude. Mm-hmm, definitely. So Marty Skrull has recently uh, been in the news lately. As you know, he's been pushing his uh, his little brand out there that he's yeah. now pretty much the main character of. So yeah, good villain of honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he spoke to Wrestle Talk recently in regards to uh, the reason why he didn't go to AEW like everyone expected. And he's quoted as saying, I'm sure most expected me to go to AEW. And of course, Matt and Nick are two of my best friends in the whole entire world. 
I love them and I love what they're doing. I'm very proud of them. When it came to my decision, though, I liked them and and had my own vision, my own dreams and the opportunities to create a promotion in my own vision was something I always wanted and couldn't turn down. I've been wrestling for a long time and it was time to do something new and set a new challenge for myself. Ring of Honor has always been amazing to me and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be more involved. They have the trust in me and it really gives me the chance to be creative, which I've always enjoyed more than anything. I have great relationships with Tony, Coney, Kenny, uh, and it's cool that we're all doing our own things and making a splash in the wrestling world. So, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's nice to know that, like I said, I just hope that they're able to do something, some sort of a collaboration in the future would be nice, don't you think? Yeah, something down the line would be really cool. And I guess it's kind of, it would have been predictable for him to go to AEW because you know he has that bond with the elite. So nothing wrong with mixing things up a bit. So. I find that wrestling always does better when they have collaborations. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just seems like things are always better when everyone gets together, puts their heads together, puts their wrestlers together, shares talent back and forth. That's what makes it exciting for us. Like, if you look back at everything in the world, whenever there's some sort of crossover, it's usually a bigger deal. It usually draws people because people like the world's colliding thing. Yeah. It never really gets old. You know I what mean, I mean? A really cool, what was an annual time when they used to do it was back in um tna's old days they used to have the world x cup it used to literally be wrestlers from different companies all fighting under one roof it's all over our culture you know what i mean like it's all over our culture that uh stuff like that works if you look at even comic book culture whenever the the most popular books are always like you know daredevil and spider-man teaming up or punisher and daredevil or whatever it's just crossover books or x-men and fantastic four the the Avengers movies themselves in a strange sort of way. The two Injustice games. You know, they, they become crossovers, you know, where it's like you're having characters from a whole bunch of different things coming together. And I think that's uh that helps a lot when you do that. If you look I mean how even if you take it to Hanna Barbera, the the Flint the, the, the Jetsons meet the Flintstones is like one of the <laughs> yeah. most known Hanna Barbera cartoons because of the fact that it had to do with crossover. You know, you look at the fighting game, the Marvel versus Capcom, the X Men versus Street Fighters. All of the justice one and two, like a lot of stuff like that. The crossover is always fun because it explores the possibility of what if. Exactly, it takes you into um, unknown realms. So I think that wrestling—that's the reason why the Ring of Honor New Japan uh, relationship has been so cool over the years. Because it had that, you would see people defending their titles in New Japan that are from Ring of Honor and vice versa. And it was done really well, and it was a, it seemed to be a very good mutual relationship, which unfortunately got a little bit severed, or at least uh, just doesn't seem to have the same impact now that we have uh, AEW around. It's by no fault of them because they're doing a great job, but it's just like yeah. we, now there's, we, we're seeing less crossover. Everyone's just sort of trying to hold on to their guys. Which even AEW is doing um, a tad bit of crossover here and there. I mean... With uh, one of the matches that's coming up on Wednesday, I, yeah, that shows a little bit of the element of the crossover. Not as much of a major one, but still a little bit of it. Do you mean this, not this past Wednesday that we're going to review? No, no, no. This this one coming up. Okay. Also, I want to get into that a little bit when we go into the COVID-19 stuff. It, we don't know if there's going to be any more AEW. Like, they're playing it fast and loose. And right now, it seems like there's not going to. In the show, they didn't reference next week. Because their philosophy right now is we don't know if there's going to be a next week or what's going to happen next week. I hate to say it, but they're being a bit more practical than trying to date things 
right now. That doesn't mean that there isn't going to be, but literally information and, and, uh, circumstances are changing moment to moment. Yeah. And when things are like that, it's impractical to say what's going to happen even tomorrow, let alone next week when it comes to big venues and things like that. We're going to get into it later on. And, uh, you know, I have some stuff to say about that going both ways, you know. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jeff Hardy was on the bump. Remember Jeff Hardy? No? That one guy with the face and the, the tattoos, dude? I remember. Yeah, they, he said that uh, going forward, I don't know if people care about this. If you're entrance music people, you're going to be the only ones who really care about this. But he said that going forward, uh, they would be using his theme song, No More Words. Yeah, one of the only, I think the only other time he changed his music in WWE, he used that song. Which, uh, it was like back in like 2009, I think it was. Yeah, 2008, 2009. Forgot that that was like his main. That was like when he became the top guy, you know, like yeah, when he was the that champion. Was the song when he stuff. became champion, yeah, like when he was beating people like Triple H, and he had like a run yeah. before he left. So yeah, I, it was. It's weird how that's such a small part of his career, just in the scope of the things he did as the Hardys. That sometimes when you forget that this guy was like the top guy, exactly. It works. You know, it works better. Shane said he doesn't like it. It works better for uh for him, I think. Uh solo i didn't hate it i for some reason nowadays because the only time i really see it popularly circulate whenever i hear it i just think of when punk came out as him <laughs> and everybody because, popped because, they that, because you know it's not because it, it's, it's simply because that that's the most that's that clip comes up a lot more often oh, than any jeff God. hardy stuff so every time i hear that song it's because they're once again showing that clip where uh he comes out and all the fans are angry. They're wearing like the Jeff Hardy makeup oh. and, the, and the armbands and, and they slowly, they celebrate with him at first and they slowly start realizing that it's not him. And it's after he left the company. Remember, that was believe- the best part. <laughs> Once it wasn't like an instant reaction. You could hear everybody gradually start to realize that. Yeah. I've never heard that happen before. That was better than fake Razor Ramon and Diesel because it's oh, like, my God. by all intents and purposes, logically, we all knew he was gone because, uh, I think then he have a wellness policy strike or something was happening. A it lot of people, a lot of people on. rumored that uh, he didn't want to get that third strike or whatever, or that he just wanted to go somewhere where he could just be laid back. I guess they don't, I don't think they care if you smoke in TNA and if you, yeah. or whatever, or if they even, who knows what the hell the circumstances were, but uh, he could have stayed, you know, he was considered a top guy right then. I guess he was just playing it fast and loose. They talk about it in that Hardy story that they put up there. Exactly. I mean, it's like, yeah, that was, that was a really good song back then. That's kind of funny. That's the only time he's not had the original Hardy's theme and then not in his band. That was uh, the band was called uh, End Ever After. It's yeah. actually a really, really good band. Mm-hmm. Definitely interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny how they let him have that music back with Seamus once written in my face and all of a sudden, no, nobody's going to remember it. Like, really? Yeah, we remember it. 
You know, once we hear Everybody it, it, it's just they didn't use it for so long. I like that last version of the Hardy music that they have now. I guess they yeah, the one with kind of like the extended intro. Yeah, I like the extended intro. Like to me, that that makes the song better. I've never really been. I've I've been indifferent to their music all the years. Like yeah. it's okay, whatever. You know, it's their music. But like that little extra part before he comes out now. Yeah, like an extra what ten seconds I think, which actually ended yeah. or after the original version is a little bit. The intro is a little bit longer, but it's only like actually like two or three seconds. But yeah, like I like that little extended part, and then he pops out afterwards. It it just gives it a bigger, bigger, more epic feel for the Hardys. It felt yeah. like a more mature version of that song. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like the, the other one just going, just the, the 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 old one just going straight into the thana thana. They just all right. These guys are coming out, but like you know that little build helped. So I'm gonna miss it because I know now he if they if what he's saying is true, they're committed to this one, which this one's okay. But I could see why they'd want to change it. It should be something for him in this case. You know what I mean? Like it, the, the, he shouldn't yeah. just rock the Hardy Boy music if he's gonna have a singles run. How successful yeah. of a singles run he's gonna have here is questionable for a variety of reasons. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. Like I have no idea how good this guy's gonna do, but I, I certainly hope that he does good. I mean it's Jeff Hardy. As much as I like yeah. Matt, if they were to fuck up something with Jeff Hardy of all people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and and have it be without like him getting arrested or something happening like that. If they just fuck it up on their own, which is really hard to do. <laughs> but with them it only takes for him to fuck up once for them to go in that direction with him so he has to watch he has to be sure that he's not going to do anything crazy or go get caught with anything crazy because with them they will definitely take it out on him like right away they have such a big expanded roster now that they could just swap him out for somebody else look what they do to cedric and ricochet those guys were they built those guys forever we used to talk about how they were building those guys and i just yeah. kicked them to the side like they don't even it doesn't even matter anymore to them they have no respect for anybody like, it doesn't at matter whatsoever. Point, at this point, Ricochet would just happen to be off the main event for a week. Yo, I'm calling it now. You heard it here first. Somehow, some way, they're going to wind up turning those guys heel. And it's going to suck. One of them's uh. going to get pissed or something or just have enough of this shit. Either Ricochet or Cedric or both of them. And they're just going to come out and do some heel shit and be an angry little stable. That's not going to work because I don't think that they would have what it takes to have that kind of stable. But we're going to get another like maybe if, if they're together, it's going to be like the second coming of some shit like Rybaxel. You know, <laughs> like just because it's, it's two two angry guys who are, who are good wrestlers, but it doesn't matter if they're angry. You know oh, what God. I mean? Gonna... That's, what, that's what it really was. Like we, nobody cares if you're pissed. Oh, God. Um, just realized they're going to call them Rick Odrick. You know, because there's been it's been so open and and I'm looking at the social media, right? And sometimes Cedric is vocal. I don't know if Ricochet's, I don't remember if it's I know Cedric's vocal on social media about not feeling like he's he's getting used. As a matter of fact, I think both of them have kind of been vocal about being overlooked. Some people say that that's a work, some people say that that's a shoot, right? Yeah, it's a, it's nobody a, really knows what to think. Here's what here's the thing. If it's a work then that means they're going in the direction of turning him into angry, bitter heels. And the stuff you're seeing on Twitter was the beginning of it, right? If it's a shoot, then as a result, they're going to turn them into angry, bitter heels because they're doing it. So who cares? Either way, it's locked oh, in. God. It is locked in because you know how this company works now. It's a stupid algorithm formula. We've been watching it for years. Think. Either way, either way, those guys are heel bound. They've lost a lot of fights. They've lost a lot of matches. You know, they're slowly losing it. Whenever you don't want to push somebody, but you want them to keep losing, what do you do? You bump them over to the dark side. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's, that's how the social outcast got started. 
back in the Attitude Era, we always used to say that a mean streak was a was the kiss of death. If you go back to the Attitude Era and you listen, there were a lot of points where someone who had no kind of momentum or push, JR would be like, oh, lately this, this guy, this young man's developed a mean streak. That shit was the kiss of death. If you developed a mean streak, it meant they didn't know what the fuck to do with you. <laughs> and a lot of those people would develop mean streaks that meant nothing. They would just be mean. Billy Gunn developed a mean streak. <laughs> you remember that mean streak? <laughs> no. Go back and look at when mean streaks didn't, like, sometimes heel turns work. Like, the top guys, their heel and face turns work out brilliantly. When the, when the mid-carders fuck up and they get a mean streak, which is oh such God. a terrible thing. I'm glad we don't use that phrase anymore. What is a mean streak? But, yeah, back then, we used to always have guys that would develop mean streaks, and the mean streaks always sucked. It was never as good oh. as uh as as what whatever they were doing as a face. Shamrock had a mean streak, you know, and I remember it wasn't as good as when he was a baby face out there. Blackman had a mean streak, and then it wasn't until Head Cheese brought him back over. <laughs> Al Snow had a mean streak. He'd come out with that slow, stoic fucking music. <laughs> you know, just angry. What does everybody want? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you get that. That wasn't part yeah. of it, but it made a so much better voice. Yeah, everyone. Every time you see somebody get a mean streak, Rikishi had a mean streak. He became the bad man. Oh, <laughs> and, and he had to have more promo work from him, which made matters even worse. <laughs> so, oh God, Lashley got a mean streak, and somehow he got worse. <laughs> Lashley, he couldn't get it. You didn't think it got any worse? He got a mean streak. <laughs> You know, I just thought about, that's going to be such a bad moment. Like, oh, God, here comes Lashley. Oh, no, he has a mean streak. Yeah, so you have this Cedric shit going on and Ricochet, who neither of them are getting, like, a really strong push. And that tells me right there that they're going to get mean streaks, old school mean streaks. Oh, my God. With the way they've been lately with their booking where they can't think of smart ways to do anything, it might literally, you know what I see? They might just use the, the, the generic formula. You know what I call the generic formula? When you want to have a tag team term mean. Have, you guys don't appreciate us. Well, first, wait, wait, wait. You have to, that's the middle. That's after, you're, you're <laughs> at the end already. First of all, Lucha House Party has to be in the ring wrestling somebody, right? Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized how many steps I missed. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then they beat the fuck out of Lucha House Party. It had nothing to do with anything. It doesn't even matter who they wrestle. They could even win and celebrate. Right when they're out there, Lucha, all of a sudden, boom. There you go. Cedric and Ricochet are just beating the fuck out of these guys. They kicked the leg out from underneath one of them. What are they doing? They get a chair from the other, just hammering at the poor Lucha house party. Party's over. And then they demand the mic. And then it's basically just bitch about everything. And then leave. Just spike the mic on the ground and just throw them off. That's literally whatever they do. When they can't do anything, that's what they give you. It's a random ass whooping. So, Unprovoked ass whooping. Cedric and Ricochet, I think we're going to see some sort of a change with them. No, but you know what? Hall of Pain worked, though, Kula. Yeah. Like Hall of and, Pain. And, and that's what Shane was saying. That's why he called him the king of mean streets, because he should work. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not. that was something successful. He hit the jackpot. I wish that we could have had more Hall of Pain. You know? Oh, like, that was yeah. that was really good. I never thought I'd ask for more Mark Henry. I never, I never thought I'd want more salmon suit heat. You know, before the old Mark Henry during the Attitude Era, he kind of sucked. You know, mm. he wasn't, wasn't entertaining at all. He he grew into his role and he became actually a cool guy. But Nation of Domination Mark Henry used to dread when he wrestled. Like, oh, my God. You're the only really person cool. I see who does a splash that somehow looks like you float when you're coming down. Like, how come gravity is <laughs> different for you? 
Like, I don't understand that shit. I know how gravity works. How come whenever you come off the rope or something, it's like a, oh, and he like floats. What the fuck is going on here? I don't understand Mark Henry physics. Should I write that one down? It's like a, oh. That's how, that's how I used to feel with the old Mark Henry. You know, it was just like, I go, you, I go, you so, I never, you're so Macy Day floaty. The, the Hall of Pain, Mark Henry, that man. That man made a statement up until he got F5 through the table by Brock Lesnar. Ooh. You know, statement was over I, then. I, I used to be scared for people's lives during that point. Like, yeah. Once he once he fucked up Kane, I was just like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> he used to say crazy shit. Like, if you listen, it would have been a blessing to have no crowd around when he used to wrestle. Ooh. Because he would talk shit throughout the whole match. I remember one time at ringside, I forget he was fighting. But um, they got close to like where the timekeeper is, close to where you could hear him. And he said some shit like... If I charge for air, you ask how much is your rent? Oh, and it was like, oh, <laughs> damn. He used to just let him go. Sometimes his, sometimes the most fun part of his match was when he was talking shit to the crowd after. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's good oh. mean streaks, but a lot of them were bad. Even even heel turns later after the attitude. Anybody remember Chief Morley? Oh, fuck, dude. My Anybody? first Raw was Chief Morley. Anybody in chat remember who Chief Morley is? Oh, no. Ringabout? Don't tell him. Let him guess. I want to see if somebody remembers that shit. Because a lot of people would be surprised how many you've blocked it out of your mind. I don't think you forgot it. I think your mind's oh, protecting you. Oh, my God. Chief fucking Morley. <laughs> That's how you ruin somebody's fun. <laughs> I can, I, do you want better? Remember the Maven heel turn? Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> I like a cooler put. Yes, A. I didn't give you multiple choice, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know who A is, but it's not him. Yeah. But yeah, Chief yes, Morley was uh, Val Venus when he turned heel and he became, like, what was he, like Bischoff's right-hand man? Yeah. And he, he was, some, he, he was, he was somewhere like, in that little click right there. Like. Chief Morley. He was a drag. God. It was worse than it was worse than when he was uh the right to censor Val Venus. Oh Jesus! I just remember because like oh, that was one of the things about my first ever Raw. I'll never forget it. it was fucking Chief Morley versus Maven, and I was like, oh, this is. I'll never forget because one one of my friends who came with me, he was like, is that fucking Val Venus? And I was like, that's not Val Venus. It's Chief Morley, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no more hello, ladies there. Uh, it was good evening, folks. Esserios, there's another guy. He did have. A- <laughs> He did have a he be he turned heel too. Think about it. Him and Lita used to come out together and they had, they had a nice baby face burial. And then he, he he turned heel on her, right? He turned heel on everybody and got no push. He used to be a uh, Agula. Go back to WrestleMania 14. He was Agula. Takamichi Noko fought him for the light heavyweight championship. He always had weird names because he was Agula. I believe he was Papi Chulo. He was Eserios. I believe he was El El, El Puerto Rican. And ECW, even though he was Mexican. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. El Puerto Rican. Some shit like that. Oh I remember seeing him on the... He's had a weird thing. He's had a he weird, weird thing. at that point. Like, what? Yeah, Eserios, man. They were not trying to push that guy. Wow. That was just a wasted luchador. The only thing good that they got out of him was the, the whole thing with Lita. Because if you recall, the two of them came in together. Like, they had them in that dual gimmick, which is awful. Oh, God. I'm just trying to think more shitty heel turns. Like, oh boy, there's so many of them out there. You gotta dig for some of them. Like, what about Hawk and Animal? The LOD. Which one? Which one's the one that uh during that story? LOD 2000 was that the one? LOD 2000. Which one's the one that became the drunk? 
Oh, shit. I wonder, was that Hawk? I don't know. It's been so long. I, I just remember one of them kept, like, like he fell, like they were walking on the ramp and he fell, you know, the way the ramp, you could fall down to like where the crowd was. And it was part of oh, the work. Yeah. Was like, oh, I guess it's fucked up because I know that, that whichever one it was was fighting demons at that time. And uh, it's kind of shitty. Yeah, yeah, that like was that. Hawk. And uh, it was Hawk, right? Yeah, yeah, because Hawk was on the head, like basically demons you want to not be able to overcome, I believe. And it's just so messed up that they portrayed the road warriors that way. There was a, they would do really messed up things considering the guy really had problems like i remember one of the things you know the way they would do the doomsday device for anyone who doesn't remember you bring somebody up on your shoulders electric chair style partner gets up on the top turnbuckle um jumping forearms them off of the electric chair down that's the doomsday device they would do shit like uh animal would lift them up into electric chair and hawk would get up on the top turnbuckle but he'd be facing outward like toward the crowd Oh, and, and just kind of start going like like you you see him looking like if he's looking for a partner to do the spot <laughs> he's looking out to the crowd and I'm like that sucks to use that guy that way and let's not forget the famous storyline where uh, Draz oh. became the Draz became the third member of LOD and they started painting him like an LOD guy and they did that little angle where uh, freaking Hawk is on top of the uh, Titan Tron and he, he's suicidal he's threatening to jump from the Titan Tron they yeah, I think thing, like uh, Animal talked him out of it, but then Draws pushed him. Yeah, it made it look when he showed the replay, it made it look like Hawk uh, got pushed by Draws, and then you have the really shitty effect of like it looked like a puppet or something going falling behind the Titans because obviously they didn't throw the actual guy. He fell behind. We could see that like somehow he didn't actually fall, and then they just put a puppet there. It went flying down. Christ in heaven! Oh man. Can we find that clip? I mean, come on. I know you guys want to be entertained and I have to talk about all the morbid shit that's on the news. Can we find uh, a clip of a of of Draws pushing Hawk like the way it let looked? Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. I might I might be able to track that one down. I'm gonna it's look out too. there somewhere. Like, yeah, I promise to be entertaining today. We'll still do I'll still give you guys the cancellations and all the news you're gonna want to hear and talk about the empty arena stuff, but that to me is a is is a really funny because I remember seeing it and it just looking weird. It's just one of those things that they uh they always screw up. But yeah, how messed up was that? That uh, there's a case of somebody with a heel turn and a shitty push. Yeah, those yeah. were uh man, <laughs> po po man. Okay, so let's see. I can't. I don't see the one. I think I see the one where he slipped on the ramp. <laughs> but I. Uh, the one where he pushes Hawk is a little trickier to find. Yeah. Yeah, that one's not as easy to find. You can find the one where he uh, slips off the ramp relatively easy, but... Is it? Is it, like, it's probably one of those things that WWE did sweeps for to get off of the internet? Probably. Because there's certain stuff you can't find anywhere. I'm doing some yeah. searching a bit myself, and I'm not seeing it. Yeah, that might be one of those ones where they were just like, nope, not again. There's a lot of stuff like that. There's there's a lot of uh, different tapes where like they'll have the tape maybe in the warehouse, but that's the only place you can find it. And they'll probably have literally have instructions like don't touch it. I see the slip off the ramp one. Yeah, that one is like 36 seconds. But the only other thing I see is like you you hear where like where animal talks about it, but can't seem to find the actual clip, which is sad. Well, you know what, but a lot, you know, no respect to our live chat room, but you know, the majority of people we got our um. We have our fan base on iTunes. A lot of people are just going to have the audio to this. We might be better off playing that interview. 
yeah. anyway because the people in the live chat aren't getting shit right now, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the interview. Let me look what this interview is. It might be better than nothing. Hey, you never know. Could be even a little bit better. Yeah, just bring it up here. I love how it doesn't load. It just kind of hangs there in the air. Right? Oh, his name oh, is and all that stuff. So I want to hear from you this story uh, yeah. of that storyline. Because, you know, you was there with Hulk. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, Vince McMahon originally wanted me to do that gig, and I told him, no, I refuse to do it. I had a family, and there was no way I was going to do that in front of my kids. And Hawk had some personal problems. It's no secret. Everybody knew that. And I think they should have just kept that and tried to help him instead of trying to tell the country about it. Uh, I, I wasn't a big believer in the attitude era. I think it was a cheap way to get people to get in the ratings. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like I don't like any kind of disrespect, and that's all the attitude era was was disrespect. So you're telling me that the storyline was real? Oh yeah, it, it was too real to life. That's what I mean. Things that are real, things that are real to life need to be separate. This is the entertainment business. You need to separate it up from real life. And I think it was too close to home. You know what I mean? It be it's too close to what is really going on. And for the people, uh, you know, I don't think that they even cared about knowing what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, they replaced Hulk with the draws and all that stuff. Uh, there was a segment on Monday Night Raw. Hulk was on the uh, top of the Titan throne, and draws pushed him from the top, and he fell. Yeah. So was it real or work or something else? No, no, it, it was a dummy. It was a mannequin, it was a mannequin up there. It was a dummy, and the dummy with the shadow looked like a real human being, but it was not Hawk. It did not <sighs> look like a real human being. I know. <laughs> nah. <laughs> you know what? I so I, I don't like the fact that we knew the guy had those kind of actual issues. I don't think that would happen in today's WWE where a guy could have actual alcoholism issues and shit. And then you have a storyline where he's fucking up and drunk. I don't think that would fly. First of all, it shouldn't fly. You'd have post apocalyptic heat for that. The, the jumping off the Titan Tron to end it all. I have mixed feelings about that too, but for different reasons. Back then everything was edgy. I don't think that's so terrible. If we would have gotten there a different way, if it hadn't been because of the alcoholism and all that shit, you know? Yeah. Look at that one referee, which I didn't really like that story, so it's a bad example. But do you remember how they Tim did White. Oh, he took the word like, like poor Tim White. How are they gonna do Tim White like I'll I never that forget that as long life. as I live because I didn't find out about it until I can't remember what it was I saw. I knew he got hurt in that cell. I didn't know about the stuff they did after and I was like, What the fuck? <laughs> it might have been that it might have been that thing of the fifty graders raw moments or something like that. And I was sitting there going are you shitting me right now? Like he, How are you going to do Tim White like that? God almighty. There were some interesting stories back then. You know, It always felt like things yeah. were going somewhere. And that's the thing. Even if wrestling's infinite and there's no ending in sight, it always felt like it was in movement, you know, in constant movement. And I don't think that they're able to do that as well nowadays, not just because of current events, but because they were already in that direction. If they wouldn't have been this once again, uh, you know, there are people that are talking about, oh, I'm a prepper. I'm a prepper. I've always been a prepper for when things go bad. In a way, businesses should do the same thing. Businesses should always, just the way they tell people, you should be prepared for bad things to happen. And then there are people who mock those. They're, oh, you have canned goods. You have a you have a freaking bomb shelter or whatever. Like you're a crazy prepper. Or You know what? Whether you have, have those opinions or not, I kind of feel like businesses should have some form of 
of that kind of stuff too. Businesses should sort of be prepared, not just with insurance, but for rainy days, the way some people are overprepared and paranoid. And WWE, every business needs to do it differently. If you're a gaming business nowadays, the best thing would be don't be scumbags. You know, like look at GameStop. They're suffering. They tried to yeah. keep all of their stores open. They <laughs> that tried, backfired real They tried quick. to keep all of their stores open and say that they were essential goods. That they were basically essential goods. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, don't be scumbags and do things like that. Remind me after we're done with the segment to talk about GameStop next because I know I'll forget. Oh, believe me. I won't let you forget about that one. Huh? You know, we'll bring <laughs> that back up at some point throughout the show but what i mean by being prepared for general businesses is each business if you're if you're a game business you should be prepared with a backup for like a disaster the way people have to be prepared with bomb shelters or tornado shelters or whatever the hell that they are gaming business should have to have some sort of emergency delivery system implemented i would think if you're going to be a gaming business food businesses should have some sort of delivery service implemented some sort of way to get food some sort of back order something there should be canned goods they should have canned goods stored away uh, in basements and cellars in case they stop getting shipments. At the very least, they can stock their shelves with the canned goods that don't expire. Uh, now getting back over to WWE, I, I, I digress. Uh, if they would have been taken this seriously, obviously you're not food. You can't make cellars full of stuff. You know, you're not games. You can't store things. You're, you can't do deliveries. But, but what would be the WWE version of preparing for a disaster like this? I think number one on my list would be don't be shitty before the disaster comes. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> exactly. not like they were shitty before the disaster. Like imagine if we were on a WWE high just before this. Like it was, everything was great. We couldn't wait to see what was going to happen next. And this happened. No matter what, you'd still watch because you'd be so invested. And what's going to happen and who's going to face off and what the outcomes are going to be that, yeah, of course, the crowd not being there in the circumstances would sour it a little bit. But there's no way you wouldn't be invested in it anyway. You're telling me that you were able to get thousands of people to change the channel during the Super Bowl fucking halftime show to go to a different channel on the USA Network to watch The Rock and Mick Foley wrestle in an empty arena. And now no one gives a crap about this. There's a problem there. Because like I said, it's not the same place anymore. The only thing that they have in common with that place back then is the three letters. And that's the point. WWE, specifically, I'm calling them on because their product has been awful and they they showed they can't handle this. They needed to be more prepared with, uh, I don't know, just better angle storylines, long-term booking, long-term plans. Uh, They just needed more stuff in place so that no matter what happens there's so many things in place that they'd be able to go to something that's not 45 minute pay-per-view clips but this is what happens when you spend your whole time trying to snatch talent so nobody else can have them and worry about what's kicking your ass every Wednesday night instead of worrying about your own shit they got comfortable with the day-to-day never no matter whether you're a business or a person or a couple or family never get comfortable with the day-to-day the way that they did because they just took for granted that they could run that same tired, shitty act in repetition and never thought about the contingencies they'd need if something would go wrong. Because people don't want to go. At the end of the day, the news involving the 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 the, uh, the pandemic is almost more entertaining than watching them at this point. And that's sad. Because they always try to promote themselves as being an escape from reality. And they failed to do that when I think people needed them the most. They said they want people to escape from their worldly problems and not have to worry about it. And I give them credit for trying. At the very least, they kept going. But it could have been handled so much better if they 
were 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 committed to giving the best possible shows, not all the backstage politics every single week, and not having being such control freaks. And because, wind up becoming one of those world problems. Because you're depending, and I said before, you have rooms and rooms, giant big meeting rooms filled with people to book one little show. Now you can't have more than 50 employees in one location at a time. And you don't have all of those things that you're depending on. And we're starting to see the knees buckle. When you overproduce something, which this show is overproduced, it's then challenging to now underproduce it. You know, and that's what they're going through. So, you know, very unfortunate stuff. Very unfortunate. Yeah, this is what happens when you have your head up your own ass and you think nothing could go wrong. Like some people we know. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about first? Because we do have to talk about some of the changes here. Would you prefer to talk about the COVID-19 effects in general in regards to wrestling entertainment or what WrestleMania is planning to do? Um, Let's get the... Let's get the B one out of the way first. Let's do the WrestleMania stuff. Okay, so WrestleMania. Keep in mind this info's changing a lot. By the time you hear this, if you're listening on demand, which most of you are, some of it might already have changed. Maybe all of it stayed the same. I remember last week, even going off the air, I checked one more time to see if anything had changed because I was so sure by the time we went off the air it would, and it sort of, some of it sort of did later on. So they pre-taped SmackDown. This past Saturday. So the upcoming SmackDown is pre-taped. And they also pre-taped the Raw that we watched tonight. I believe they're also pre-taping uh, the upcoming Raws and SmackDowns all the way into April 3rd. And I've even heard that they've taped Raws and SmackDowns going past WrestleMania. But the fun doesn't end there because they're also pre-taping WrestleMania. WrestleMania is going to be in the can. They're going to pre-tape it over the next week. Yeah, sometime this week it's supposed to be. Yeah, so this this entire week they're going to be taping WrestleMania. And, uh, <laughs> it's insane. And the reason why they're doing this is because when you're taping something, if you've looked at SmackDown and Raw for the last couple of weeks, it's been rough to watch. When you're taping something, you're given more freedom over what you can do. Go back and look at the Randy Orton promo tonight. I don't want to jump too far ahead. But as Randy Orton was talking, they were able to cut to clips of what he was talking about, which would be impossible to do in real time unless you're me. No, I'm kidding. It would be impossible to do in Don't real lie. time. Don't lie. You know it's true. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so they have that time to go over the promo and then overlay it with clips. Like when he talked about RKOing Edge, it was able to cut to an RKO of Edge as he said it. You know? So it's like that's because they're able to sync things together. The show comes together more seamlessly when you can edit and splice things in and out you lose the live feel to it though it doesn't have that live effect anymore and that's the sad part about the whole thing like now you're not live it doesn't have the live feel but anyway that's what they're going to do it's also going to be a two-night event wrestlemania 36 two-night event on the wwe network and these fuckers have the nerve to put the tagline so it's not it's too big for one night like they don't start this shit at fucking three o'clock in the afternoon it's a show too big for one night. One arena cannot contain this much bullshit. <laughs> That's a more accurate bullshit. Tonight. Tonight. So, yeah, Saturday, April 4th, and Sunday, April 5th, you get two nights of WrestleMania. And the reason behind this is not because they think that it's so big that it can't be contained. It's because they can't have 
more than 50 people in a building at a time, according to the CDC regulations. So you couldn't have all of WrestleMania one night, even if you wanted to. With all the matches and things booked, you go over 50 each time if you count staff. So they have to only be able to pick and select as many people as they could. Why do you think it is that they're showing you clips in the middle of the of the Raw? Because they can't have as many people there as they'd like to have. They can't have a big tag team thing going on and they can't have six man tag because you're trying to not hit over 50. And you have to count production trucks, cameramen, timekeepers, refs, staff, riders. You know what I mean? And you still have to be under 50 when you get to the wrestlers. So the only way they can do it is to break it up. So the way to break it up, they made WrestleMania a two night event. So, uh, yeah, two long nights of wonderful WrestleMania. And also, not only is it two nights, but it's in different locations. That's how much they're splitting this up. They're going to be at different locations in the different nights. So from what I'm hearing, it sounds like, for example, they'll cut to certain matches that are happening in the performance sale. Okay. In the performance center. We're also hearing that they have full sale back now. I they, was almost hoping you say the performance sale on full center. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're hearing that they're taping back at full sale again. They've already done tapings there. I guess full sale's already open or they have access to it. So they're probably going to do one of those things. They had a WrestleMania where they were at different locations. They're probably going to be cutting back and forth between the performance center and full sale. There, there is a way to not have 50 people at one location. You can have 100. If you split it between two buildings, who knows if there'll be more buildings? You know? Yeah, who knows? So that's what they're going to do. They're going to basically have that uh, split in that direction. Whether you're going to enjoy it or not, I don't know. According to Fightful, they're saying that they're planning some cool outside-of-the-box things for that show. They're going to be filming stuff over the next couple of weeks that they're going to incorporate into it. There's some really cool things planned for what they're able to do. And that it's not going to be like the Raw and Smackdowns that we've been seeing at the Performance Center. Like, they're going to try to put together something really good, which is probably more of a reason why they're taping it. The WWE specials on the network, when I do get to catch them, they're always really good. You know what I mean? No matter what the special is, no matter whether it's a documentary or, or it's a special kind of show, it's always really good. It's always put together really well. I think WWE is starting to realize, and I hope they are, that if they really are committed to doing this WrestleMania, then what they have to do is they got to get their best WWE Network guys to put this together in a way that just feels like a nice, tight package that you're going to watch. Yeah, that's their best bet. <laughs> and even then, even then, you might be screwed. You probably are screwed. I was able to enjoy SmackDown. I'll get more into that later on. But SmackDown didn't hurt as much as uh, the last the last week's one did. And quite frankly, neither did Raw. And uh, the fun doesn't end there, though, because they've already started. You Remember we were talking about how they're going to be thinking out of the box? Did you see yep. the WrestleMania shirt? <laughs> yeah. The WrestleMania shirt I thought was a troll. I thought I was I was reading kayfabe Yo, news. I saw it so, three uh, days in a row and refused to believe it. I thought it was kayfabe news. I was like, oh, somebody put a haha kayfabe news. Oh, but anyway, God. as you guys know, normally at WrestleMania they'll sh- they'll sell a shirt. It'll be like, I was there WrestleMania 32. I was there WrestleMania 33. Well, here's the shirt for WrestleMania 36. I wasn't there. <laughs> so you can get a shirt that says I wasn't there It'll remind you of the memory Of not fucking being there 
Very sarcastic <laughs> shirt. Instead of I was there, I wasn't there. We need to fucking song from the Ric Flair retirement. Leave the memories alone. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, absolutely dreadful. It's gonna be the most awkward DVD sale ever. Oh god. Yeah. So to whatever schmucks want to buy that shit. Ugh, somebody out there will do it. There's yeah, people would, still out there talking about NXT's better than AEW. They'll, they'll do it. You were looking forward to TakeOver, Cooler? Well, TakeOver got took over by night one of the WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, God. From now on, whenever we talk about them in the coming weeks, I want to have, like, the old school song. The one that became Linda's music. WrestleMania. Give me a minute. No, come on! You're gonna torture people with that here. I haven't been through enough. <laughs> yes. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this as a group. Damn it! You're gonna suffer together. We're gonna keep that song from now on. <laughs> we could talk yeah, I about found that. it. <laughs> I fucking figured you would. Yeah, while, while you're bringing while we're bringing that up, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about the ramifications of things that are happening. Thanks to uh Thanks to this entire situation. I'm just trying to find a good order. Oh, there's Destin's link. Let me grab that while I'm doing this. I'm just trying to find a good order to look at all of this in. Because honestly, there's a lot of it. Like I told you guys before, uh, it's disorganized just because of the amount of news. I'm loading your link into the queue now. It's going to pop up randomly because I'm just going to let it load whenever the hell it's ready. Yeah. So get ready to hear it. The theme music, damn it. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we're seeing trucks at the performance and all. There it is. <laughs> oh, you gave me the Linda version? Yeah. <laughs> Like, fuck, ah, now you needed the one with the music that goes WrestleMania. Which venue was that? that I oh, fuck. fuck. They did it quite a few. They did quite a few of them. I don't yeah. remember. I'll see if I can look it right that way. They just gave it a generic WrestleMania song. They're like, we're not going to need this anymore. We're not going to even pay for Linda's music. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's like uh, trucks and stuff popping up at the performance center. It looks like production trucks. So uh, it's definitely possible that you're going to start seeing stuff over there. And also. According to PW Insider, uh, there's basically a hotel that uh, is locked down completely with the production meetings and conference room. I guess they took over an entire hotel so they don't have to worry about spreading anything or getting catching anything. So that's what they're doing there. Ah, craziness. Jesus Christ in heaven. I, uh... And WrestleNomics said that uh, they might get some money back from the Raymond James Stadium and the production that they would have spent on Mania won't cost as much, but they're losing at over $20 million at the end of this. Like, no matter what, they've lost $20 million because this that's the expected revenue that you get for something like this, and it's just not going to be there. They do save on uh, production, and they, and, uh, they may get the venue lease money back. But they would have drawn a gate of fifteen million, and then four million uh, for the arena shows, three million in the venues merchandise, and unfortunately, also the WWE access, the WrestleMania access, uh, 
events that people go to, all of that's gone too. So yeah, this is like a major, major loss from them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. So very unfortunate circumstances. Like it's raining money. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. And I guess that's the reason why they didn't want to cancel it because the shit is bad enough. They're going to have to eat that. You know? Oh yeah. It's going to get bad. Yeah, exactly. And there's still, according to Meltzer, he's saying that they can't guarantee anything and that, uh, there's a chance that, uh, a lot of this might get canceled. He said that, uh, from what he understands that they're going to be at the performance center, but the gimmick matches they're planning are going to be shot at other places. That way they're not, I guess you don't get burnt out or cabin fever from being in that performance. And I'll probably have like a parking lot matches or whatever, you know, they'll do whatever the hell they can to try to just have some sort of gimmicks outside of the venue, but that there's yeah. still chances that all of that stuff is going to go to hell, you know? Yeah. It's, it's hard to see how they're going to pull this off at this point. Yeah. It it really is hard. There's a lot of issues in regards to that. Also, when it comes to uh, travel, travel is becoming a big problem for all of these wrestlers, you know, because sure, yeah. they're, they're able to come back to full sale. So the people that are stationed there, they're going to be fine, you know, but there are people that are not stationed there. And that's really where you're going to start seeing the big issues coming into play. People that uh, live overseas, for example, you know, like that's something that's basically happening. There's a lot of people that are in Canada. Remember that not every wrestler that you see is someone who lives in the United States. So being as that may, you're going to have people who probably right now there's no travel. So there's a lot of wrestlers who aren't going to be able to get to WrestleMania if this doesn't change. And it's looking like that's to be the case. You know, it's like the, there's no way in a lot of situations like this. Brock Lesnar is one of them, you know, yeah, he's in Canada. He's a dual citizen, but he lives in Canada. The Singh brothers, they live in Canada. And they said that they're worried about what the hell's going to happen. These these are people who are... Right now, people can cross the border under essential business. That's the only way you could cross the border. So what happens to the people who can't cross the border right now? Brock Lesnar is one of their big draws, which I don't know what the hell they're drawing at this point. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, these are things to worry about. Now, this is what I've I've heard. They had a Madison Square Garden event scheduled for March 22nd over at my neck of the woods. They postponed that event until June 27th because that's the optimistic time in which people seeing this being over by the end of June going into early July is generally based on when I'm seeing people scheduling things. And this could just be people being optimistic. You can't go right in stone, but we could get to June 27th. They extend it further. But people are optimistically looking at June 27th, at least WWE is, as a safe date. Otherwise, they wouldn't have postponed a March 22nd Madison Square Garden show for June. They don't want to rebook that shit twice. So they they must, for whatever reason, be fairly confident that they're going to be able to do that. That being said, to me, that explains why Mania wasn't postponed till June like everyone wanted. Because they like to do a big show at the Garden, which was already scheduled. That means a lot to them. And that being said... I still can't defend them because what they should have done is they should have taken that Sunday Madison Square Garden show and they should have postponed that. They should have made that WrestleMania, basically. You decided that your March show from two days ago is now postponed until Sunday, June 27th at the Garden. Make that mania. Then push the other one back. 
now we have a, a show. It's not an arena. I get it. They like to have those big fucking arenas now, which they that used to not be how mania was when I was younger. You know, go back yeah. and look at all the other manias. It was it was in small places. You know, not tiny, but like you know where you would see like the garden. And I get it. They want to have the big ass stadium where you can shoot like a fucking rocket launcher into the clouds and it, it does a big explosion. Brock Lesnar's image appears. You know, I get it. But times are hard. And it's better than nothing. Just take your June 27th Madison Square Garden show that's already on a Sunday that you already just created and just make that mania. I don't know why they didn't do that. It seems like it's just it was it seems like it was too much effort for them just to move some shit around. Like you don't have to have mania in April. <laughs> Everybody will be okay waiting. And the fight oracle had some very interesting stuff to report. Take this with a grain of salt. But there's a rumor going around that WrestleMania is actually not going to happen at the Performance Center. And the reason is because WWE's insurance policy says that they have a duty to mitigate damages. And what that means by mitigate damages is that they have to do everything that they can, which in their case would be finding a new venue. So they announced WrestleMania at the Performance Center because that basically satisfies that requirement with their insurance. When they look on their insurance form, they'll say, well, did WWE do everything that they could? Did they mitigate the damages? And then they could say, yeah, they did. They even tried to move this show to their performance center to mitigate the damages. And uh, basically, if the if Orlando shuts down WrestleMania from the performance center, it indicates the WWE tried their best to mitigate damages moving the event there in the first place and then the insurance has to pay them and then they can do something like what i said because the other rumor is that wwe will be june 7th at madison square garden so basically yeah there's a rumor that they only said performance center and that they're doing all of this in order for their insurance to see that and realize that they try to mitigate damages and as a result they get paid for all the shit that they're going through and then just have a nice little wrestlemania at the garden later in june but we don't know. Yeah, so at, many... at this point, we don't know. <laughs> at this point, he's got to see what happens. Don't get your hopes up, though. It could just be a rumor and WrestleMania. You're going to get your empty arena WrestleMania. You know? What do you yeah. think would have been the best course of action? I think you would have went for the June the June shot, right? Oh, hell yeah. I waited. Like, this is WrestleMania. This is the one show of the year everybody knows about. I'll take a hit. If it means I get an actual WrestleMania down the line, and especially like what what happened to all that Saudi money, like all that fucking money Saudi Arabia been throwing y'all, y'all could take a hit. Like <laughs> y'all had money to bring Shawn Michaels out of retirement, y'all could take a hit. And with everything going on, it's like, what are we supposed to do? Have the showcase of the Immortals in front of nobody? Like, no, you gotta. If it was me, I'd have pushed it back. Like, what scares me is that they've showed that they can't handle it. You know what I mean? Like, they've showed that they can't handle it. That bothers me. It's kind of like they've they've barely been able to hold together these little Raws and Smackdowns. Like, it's almost like they don't understand their own product. You can't decide um, just to make a seven-hour production when you can barely keep a three-hour production on the air without using other pay-per-views. Exactly. To me, that's that's gross, you know? Like, it's... I don't know. It just doesn't work. Like you can't do 
you can bear, you, like, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it with NXT. We see how they handled that this week. I'm supposed to believe they can do two nights, seven hours worth of shit with nobody there. Yeah, like tape, don't tape don't help that. <laughs> like, it, if they have their highest production, you can at least enjoy it. Yeah. And let's be real. When it comes to like a lot of the fans who are diehard people who don't miss WrestleManias, if you tell them, hey, we want to wait until we're in a better situation, you think they're going to give you shit for it? Like, no, it's going to be kind of, kind of, kind of suck because you don't get many of the regular time of the year. But still, like, you're going to get the better result. Yeah. And it also hurt them in the sense that, uh, you remember we were talking about the entire situation with the pay-per-views and everything. Meltzer was quoted as saying that he can't imagine if anyone ever made a big purchase, like an ESPN or someone made a big purchase. And and right now he thinks uh, this week is just not going to happen and that it could happen and that... Uh, down the line when things get more normal, but that once they announced WrestleMania for the network, it was a sign that they weren't selling streaming rights to anyone else. You know, basically he's right. Who the hell wants to buy? You were going to sell, and that's another shady, grimy thing. You were going to sell this WrestleMania to somebody else to sell to the fans. Like, hey, we're going to have ESPN or some other pay-per-view provider pick this up for a lump sum, and then you guys have to pay them the $60 or whatever their subscription fee is to watch WrestleMania, even though you have the network. That's what they were trying to do. Now, exactly. what Melissa's saying is that, you know, you better not press your luck. <laughs> you better just be, it's on the network now. It's just announced for the WWE network. They weren't announcing it before that, but now it's officially, it's going to be on the network. That no, no one's buying the rights to this. They can't, you know? They shouldn't have in the first place, but now they really can't. They can't buy the rights to this. Nope. <sighs> yeah, it's, I feel bad, you know, even though, but again, this, this is all a matter of being prepared. They could have been more prepared for, uh, they were too busy making, trying to make, trying to find different ways to make money to prepare for shit. So that's the one reason I don't even feel bad for them. Like, there's no reason y'all shouldn't have been ready for this shit. Like, you, <laughs> you were so busy concentrated on the stuff that didn't matter instead of worrying about your own place. Now you're sitting here struggling to keep everything together and wondering why nobody's caring. Yeah. And that that's like really a, a bad situation to be in. And, and everyone's taking it day by day. But like I said, I just think that they could have done a better, better job with their days. Oh, easily. You know, like, what were you, what were you thinking? Like at that point and with the team that they have, that's the best they were able to put together. You know, how come AEW, which we're going to get into that with the weeklies shortly, but how come AEW did such a better job of uh, being able to put together a show? And can somebody please explain to me how a company that just was formed (laughs) a few months ago was able to do this better than them? Literally so simple because they worried about their stuff. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> it's not some long drawn out explanation they worried about their shit in their house so their product was just fine wwe's wondering okay who can we snatch from this company that company and that company hey who can we ban from coming over here who can we blacklist and bury so they won't be worthless over there and look at their situation now it's almost like worrying about your own shit is a brilliant idea and not concentrating all your time into everybody else kind of dumb and again to be clear guys it's not like we're saying that this is the reason this is happening to him clearly it's because of the situation but we're just saying that it would have been a smoother situation for them if they would have been further prepared exactly you know and and the fact that they aren't is the reason why you're getting what you're getting right now and and yeah like cooler just pointed out who's to say that they'd even be able to get any more saudi money right now who's to say you can't travel you know 
they're they're when it comes to doing their doing their shows, they're stuck to one building in Florida right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. So who's who's to say? Who's to say? It's it's hard times. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, I it's it's just crazy. He was trying to fight doing the dusty voice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can sense it too. Like. I, you know me so well. <laughs> I can't believe you knew that like, one. I sensed the pause, and I was like, "He's fighting the dusty voice. He's fighting the dusty voice." <laughs> Dude, you know me too, too well. <laughs> I sensed the pause, and I, <laughs> I wish you could have seen my face. It was amazing. <laughs> I was thinking it just wouldn't be appropriate, you know? Right? Like not this time. Not this time. <laughs> It just wouldn't be fucking appropriate. Okay? Oh, just, shit. But yeah. Listen oh, up. God. The soap you shower with? Oh, no. An ad attack. What is... the f- How dare you? And <laughs> it brought up soap, of all things. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? Oh, my God. Here we go. Dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. <sighs> First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the resident fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. That's hard time. That's hard time. Rick Flair, you put <laughs> hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm going to reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out. Because the love that was given me, and this time, I will repay you now. Because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes Tour 85. Hard time blues. Nature Boy. Oh, shit. Let me leave you with this. 
One way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm going to take it. I've been there twice. This time when I take it, Daddy, I'm going to take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now because I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real Wolf champion. And I'm proud of you and thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you! Oh, God, I get goosebumps every time I hear that promo. They don't make him like that no more. Nah, he's incredible, man. (laughs) Nobody do a promo like Dusty. I think I see a little bit of that in Cody now, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, like Cody, Cody goes with some of his stuff. Like. Yeah, that whole family's talented. You know, it literally runs in their veins. Yeah, no, very, very cool stuff. But yeah, we need a hard, like, we, we need a hard times promo from Cody. Like, Cody, if you're listening, we need one, bro. We- like Mark710 says, we in hard times. Mm-hmm. We in hard times. I see what you did there, Mark. It's hard times when there's no toilet paper. <laughs> and you stuck with coal, stuck with the cop. <laughs> It's hard, yeah. Right? You gotta wipe your ass with corn <laughs> in the car. It's hard times when there's no toilet paper. <laughs> it's hard times when our truth is giving you toilet paper advice. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> and you gotta ask yourself. Big Daddy got your musty in. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Holy shit! You got your muffler in. Oh God! Some of y'all out there gonna need some. It's about to be a muffler demic. People who haven't listened before, me anyway, what is a muffler about? Mm-hmm. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about hard times? <laughs> yeah, those are the, that was great. Those are the real bad hard times. <laughs> See, I'm talking about them hard times. Yeah, pretty much. I was like, I wish he had Chicago made muffler. Hmm. Well, anyway. We're going to get into some of the, the stuff that's going on here. But basically, AEW, and this is coming from Tony Khan, they postponed Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts is just off for now until at some point when they can figure it out. He said, our goal every week with AEW Dynamite and TNT is to produce great shows for our fans. And I believe we do. We felt especially motivated to serve our audience this past Wednesday night, given what the entire world is coping with. And hopefully we gave them a well-deserved escape during those trying times. Everyone at AEW is very proud of what we delivered and humbled by the response and the kind words we've received from fans and partners throughout the world. Thank you. We don't plan to continue answering that calling with live weekly shows shows every week wednesday night on tnt but the time and circumstances aren't right for the crowd we had planned next we had planned for next week's blood and guts that show will happen when the time is right but what we can count on instead this coming wednesday night is a great live episode of aw dynamite featuring jericho confronting matt hardy face to face one-on-one for the first time ever and a tremendous night of wrestling action in the meantime until aw dynamite this wednesday night please follow us via social media and please be safe and smart so we can get back to seeing you all on the road as soon as possible thank you for making this all possible for everyone here at aw it's a dream come true to be able to do these shows for all of you so blood and guts is off. They decided they're just going to postpone it. They don't want it to be empty. They want fans in front of it is what he's basically saying. Yeah. That's too big of a debut match to have. Just no way there. Yeah. Apparently Marco stunt was sick. So they told him to stay home. That's why you didn't see him around 
at this past AEW. We don't know if it's, don't, don't assume anything, but we just know he was sick. Um, Pac wasn't there, but that's because he's in the UK, so he wasn't able to do the trip because there's a travel ban right now. So I guess that little stable with him and the Lucha Bros is temporarily on hiatus. We heard they were scrambling to get who they can because of so many people missing, so many people not able to make it. Uh, they had to do what they couldn't. You got to say well, what they did, which we'll talk about. It was it was really, really good. They knocked um, it out of the park with what they were able to do. Yeah, but they canceled Dynamite tapings up until April 22nd. The next scheduled taping is uh, in Philadelphia at that point. And uh, the Double or Nothing venues closed, which is May 23rd. We don't know if they're going to be able to do that um, or what's going to happen. Because that's supposed to be at the MGM Grand Arena. And we don't know if it'll be reopened by then. Doubt it. Because I mean, uh, MGM, that's the fight capital of the world right there. Yeah. And according to Brian Alvarez, um, he was saying that the Florida mayor, the Jacksonville, Florida mayor, um, Lenny Curry gave a speech. And, he, and and according to Alvarez, Alvarez says he thinks that the bigger issue is that the mayor's looking to strengthen his executive order in an effort to increase people working from home and further limit interactions as the number of cases of the virus continue to rise so basically that means that with the new order employees of the city would have to work from home and they have to be six feet away from each other which means that that would rule wrestling completely out if that became something that they forced regardless of where they are if because basically in layman's terms for anyone didn't get what i'm saying the the mayor of, of jacksonville florida may say part of the rule besides uh required personnel being at home i mean being at work and, and everyone's being at home will be that even if you are at work you have to stay six feet apart at all times being on camera wrestling is not six feet apart they also rescheduled uh the aw dynamite the, the well, so it's the philadelphia one on the 22nd the houston one on the 29th so the one on the, the philadelphia one on the 22nd was rescheduled for july 29th the houston one april 29th was rescheduled for November 4th. The New Orleans ones, the New Orleans one, May 6th, was rescheduled for December 2nd. The Albuquerque one, May 13th, was rescheduled for December 30th. So that's a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shows from April are now postponed to the July. You know, show and, and, uh, and November. Shows from May are postponed to December for AEW Dynamite. Does that mean we're not going to have any shows? No, that means they're probably going to tape from the empty arena where they are. Maybe we'll have to see. But everything that would be a smart move if it's going to be that much of like a pushback. Like, yeah. So there's a big issue with that. Yeah. And uh, oh, it's really rough right now. You know, the Renee Young's backstage show that show that she does with everybody. That's also pretty much done right now. There's no way for them to do anything like that. But Renee had a message for fans in regards to they're no longer being a backstage, which I'm going to get up and link you guys on social media. Ladies and gentlemen, Renee Young, yours truly reporting live from my living room with my dogs um, as we are all um, self-quarantining, social distancing, doing the right thing to keep each other safe during this um Stressful time, to say the least. Um, but I'm sure that you guys are missing some wrestling content in your lives, right? I know that I am. I mean, obviously, I watched Monday Night Raw last night. Poor Byron got kicked right in the nards. Um, we had Friday Night Smackdown. But we're missing some backstage. I'm missing my backstage crew. Um, I wish that we were together getting to do our show today, but that's not the case. However, 
we are working on a little something something for you guys. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll keep you guys posted, but just know that we are uh, working behind the scenes to try to get something together for you guys. So make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at WWE on Fox and use that. Yeah, so they're going to do maybe maybe they could do sort of like a Google Hangout style thing. Where everybody's on camera on this. That's what I was thinking. You know, I don't know. It's, it sucks. I get it. You it know, would be but weird, but I mean, about. yeah, there's nothing, I guess. Yeah, and then Renee Young. I don't. What the hell is the toilet paper challenge? There's a video of her doing the toilet paper challenge here. Let me see what this. I, is. I have no idea what this thing. There's too many challenges out. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, let me see what we got here. All right, I have been challenged yet again. Um, Sean Spears challenged me. He had a hockey stick. I only have a ringette stick, however. That's how Canadian I am. Um, it's not even taped or anything, so this is like real amateur hour over here. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, the ring jet, 100. All right, let's see what I can do here. Toilet paper challenge. Oh, and by the way, I'm challenging uh, Beth Phoenix, Cesaro, and Brody. I feel like they might be up for the challenge. All right. Oh. <laughs> I only got one. That's terrible. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. I've never seen that roll do a super kick. That was great. Fucking Moxley super kick Renee and stole the toilet paper and ran. Yeah, we must be a ball hanging out with them. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, God. I've heard her say in interviews, he is fucking magical to be around, apparently. I'm telling you, man, being out of the fucking The B Show, that man is having the time of his life. Like, you see light in his eyes again. It's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not a slave. He doesn't have PTSD anymore. They cured him. Mm-hmm. There's no pooper scoopers around here. Like, you know he has dogs, but still, like, these will come with it. Thanks to the box, right? God, oh my, that's where I thank them every day. The wonderful, wonderful box. <laughs> so, kind of, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's kind of funny when we uh, talked about blood and guts. It was a little minor interaction I heard, I saw on uh, Twitter, I guess, some fan jumped up and talked about uh complaining about blood and guts getting uh postponed and it was just like AEW needs to come with an expo needs to explain themselves. Jericho pretty much immediately snapped back and just like, well, it's eleven people. They don't want groups of more than ten. So it's like, what are we gonna do? And I'm sitting there thinking to myself the whole time I was like, even during this, people are just taking shots for no reason. Like really? We're in the middle of an epidemic, you stupid idiot. Yeah. There's five people on one side, five people on the other. Ref, do math. I know it's a struggle for people like you, but come on. Jesus Christ. Like, that's what, I think it's become my biggest problem with some of these people who are just like they're anti-AEW. They take shots that don't even make sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, at least when we take digs at WWE, it makes sense. It's thought out. You're mm. complaining that they don't have 11 people in a, in a match where there's no people in the arena? Like, really? Yeah, get your shit together, please. Good God. Jesus yeah. All right. Well, in other news, the cancellations don't end there, guys. I wish I could say that they did. But Ring of Honor also is in destination fucked right now because uh, they basically said they're not going to hold any events until the end of May. So that takes them off the grid for quite a while. They said, for existing Honor Club members, we thank you for your loyalty and we know you subscribe so you can watch Ring of Honor events live as they happen. Don't worry, we got you covered. Starting April 1st, we will extend your current term automatically by a 90-day period. 
to cover the months of March, April, and May. Please continue to enjoy all the existing video on demand content, new video on demand content from our historical library that will be added very soon. And of course, discounts on your favorite Ring of Honor merchandise at rhproshop.com. The entire Ring of Honor staff, wrestlers, and partners remain committed to providing daily and weekly content on all platforms. Please stay tuned to all RH digital channels and rhwrestling.com to keep up with the best professional wrestling on the planet. So, it's generous of them. The Ring of Honor, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. That's, this is going to really hurt. I can tell you. They they take it tastefully, but that's going to really suck. You know? Impact Wrestling also, unfortunately, they have uh, that Impact Wrestling Rebellion pay-per-view and Access canceled the ticket sale. It was April 19th on pay-per-view and uh, that was called down. Lockdown, as you know, has also been canceled. So, uh, yeah, all of that's gone. There's not postponed or anything. That's just off the table right now. <sighs> all of cancellations around here. Hey, you motherfuckers like cancel culture, right? Well, now they're doing it for you. <laughs> I see what you did there. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. Everybody wants to cancel. <laughs> now cancel this, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, if I could write it down. <laughs> so XFL released a statement saying the COVID-19 pandemic and most recent local and state regulations have left the XFL no choice but to officially cancel the remainder of the 2020 season. The decision was made with the health and safety of the entire XFL family as our top priority. While we are disappointed to not com- compete, complete the 2020 season, our hearts are full of appreciation with your overwhelming support. Your passion, your commitment to your favorite XFL team, and your love of football made our season a success beyond our wildest dreams. We're grateful for the incredible response and look forward to playing full seasons for you and with you in 2021 and beyond. When our teams return to the field, we'll make every effort to ensure your faith in us is rewarded with even more fun and excitement. Your passion is our response, and everything we do every day and every season to come is for the love of football. We hope to stay connected to our league and teams, social and digital channels for news, features, and updates along the way. From all of us at the XFL, be safe, stay healthy, and again, thank you. Here's to 2021. And that's from Oliver Locke, the XFL commissioner and CEO, and Jeff... Polak, and the XFL president and COO. Shit. So that is that. They're on the bench. Hopefully they can bounce back from that. WWE tryouts. Uh, basically, they were supposed to have a trial camp in the past week with 50 performers that were brought in. But because of what's going on, they decided to just have them do some promos and then fly home. I don't know how that doesn't make put them higher at risk. Yeah. <laughs> right. But sure, they came in, flew in, did promos, went home. Apparently, Zach Beavis, which is uh, and Rocky Knight Jr., Paige's brothers, this was the tryout that they were finally both going to get. Oh, that sucks. Oh, man. The timing. You couldn't write this kind of shit, right? Like, I can't even believe it. But yes, both of Paige's brothers were on their way to this WWE tryout. And, uh, it's gone now. So, and a lot of people from Seth Rollins' Black and Brave Wrestling Academy were there too. And they're not going to be able to be in this tryout. Hopefully something opens up for them when all this stuff's over. I hate this because I feel like I'm the bearer of bad news. I know I try to make it fun at certain points. And I wish I could say that it, it would get better. But, uh, no, there's, I mean... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. WWE ice cream bars have also been canceled because of this. I'm not making this shit up. 
according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, even though some of those things were hitting the stores already, WrestleMania was supposed to be the big rollout of the ice cream bars with good humor. And they were legitimately going to be building it up like, all right, come WrestleMania weekend, that's going to be this big rollout and unveiling of everything. And that's going to have to change now. So no more ice cream. Even ice cream's done. Jeez. There was a house show tour that WWE was doing in South Africa. It was going to be in May. And uh, basically, they postponed it until September. So no house show tour in Africa, which goes without saying. Yeah. Like every second, he just gets... Ugh. You're right, Cool Ann, The Rock's daughter. Was was she part of that for trial class? She was, right? Oh, well. uh, I, I think she was like in, but it's oh. just she was getting ready, but... Either way, that's getting delayed, too. Yeah, it's like there's nothing that can be done about any of this. So Southwest Airlines had some drama with wrestlers. According to Lufisto, uh, she's a wrestler. She basically said that Southwest Airlines is not refunding anyone uh, for their flight tickets. She said, I hear many wrestlers and fans who had to cancel the flight due to COVID-19 crisis are being told by Southwest Air that there is no refunds at this time during this unusual circumstance. Seriously, are you aware of that many of these folks are out of work? Disgusting. Retweet. And uh, Southwest Airlines responded and they said, it's true that we don't provide refunds on non-refundable tickets, guys, though you are able to use your funds towards future travel as we have always done. It's also important to point out that the credit is pretty standard across the industry. We were also contacted by... Uh, anyway. <laughs> you just stopped mid-tweet. Just like, yeah. nope, moving no, on. I, think, I think that was part <laughs> of the news article, not part of them, so I stopped it. I had to take oh. off my Southwest Airlines voice though. But so, yeah, <laughs> that's basically it. They're not refunding you, and they're basically saying that instead of refunding you, they credit your account, and then you could take a flight at some other point. So, couple things. I get that that's how things are usually done, but the problem with that logic is that you're funding credit while everyone is in isolation. What the fuck is somebody going to do with airline credit when they can't leave their house? What? <laughs> if you were a wrestler, you say, I hate these assholes. If you were a wrestler, right, and something bad happened in a city that you were going to and, and Southwest Airlines credited your account. That's completely understandable because you can book yourself somewhere else. Let's say you were booked to go to Florida. You find us somewhere in Philadelphia. There's a house show and the guy's willing to pay you to go there. So now you just credit that over and move your ticket. Boom. No harm lost. You can still go make your money. What about wrestlers? Because, you know, everybody's rich. What about wrestlers who were counting on that shit? You know what I mean? Like, shit, I don't have a lot of money, but I'm going to buy this flight ticket because I know that at the place I'm wrestling, I'm going to get money. So... I just have to pay my way to get there. So you bought the fucking ticket to go go to the wrestling event. Now your money's gone. Like, what if you were really depending on that event? At the very least, you probably want your flight money back, right? So you'd be able to use that to survive. Yeah. So it pisses me off that it's like basically now they get screwed over over that shit. It's like, give the people their fucking money back. What's it possibly going to hurt? Under these circumstances, no, you shouldn't be crediting their account. We don't know when the hell the next time is they can fly again. (sighs) There was this big okay. drama also with the Marriott, the the, the Marriott basically, uh, because they were uh, WrestleCon had to cancel the event that was happening there, there, and uh, there was an one hundred and forty two thousand dollar bill 
because they weren't going to refund them for canceling the event. And then Jericho and Owens went on Twitter and they made a big deal because they were pissed off that this was being done. And then basically, uh, Marriott West Shore decided that they weren't going to make them, uh, them responsible, them or their guests responsible for any liquidated damages because it was an emergency declaration by the governor to cancel the events for the next 30 days, you know? And they also thanked Yankee Stadium uh, and Steinbrenner Field for agreeing to return their rental payments due to the circumstances. So basically, the, the Marriott West Shore gave them issues and they had to make a fuss on Twitter. But these other places like the Yankee Stadium and everywhere else, they gave everybody back their money. It's, it's, I guess because it's the right fucking thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't say, well, you booked this place. You said you were going to do this event and now you're not doing it. Go to hell. No. Like, look, the circumstances are calling for this. But it's funny because I like the fact that uh, they put pressure here because you have to hear the way that Russell Khan states this. They basically thank uh, after after the Marriott gets pressured, they basically uh, thank them for agreeing to honor the force the, to, to, to honor their deal. Then they thank the New York Yankees and the Steinbrenner field. Right. And then they say, we anxiously await the decision of the Ritz and the bus company we paid to complete the list of venues and services that we contacted to use in Tampa. You know, so I kind of like that. Like, man, thank you to all of the hotels and venues and everything that gave us our money back. We're really looking forward to hearing from the Ritz and the bus company also about those refunds. <laughs> you know, I kind of like that attitude. Like, you call them out like, yeah, you motherfuckers better refund us. <laughs> Yo, you don't, want, you don't want to be that guy? You don't want to be that guy? I don't think you want to be that guy. <laughs> okay, does, does WrestleCon have to choke a bitch? Like, <laughs> they, and they said that although they specifically mentioned that the social media campaign led by Chris Jericho had absolutely nothing to do with their decision-making process, that they appreciate both Jericho and Twitter's audience for having their back and now back to issuing refunds. And uh, yeah, thankfully they didn't get screwed because again, when you're paying WrestleCon, for example, which I think that's Conrad Thompson that does that. If it's the one I'm thinking of, I don't uh, know. I get so. all these events confused. But anyway, you know, these guys pay for this big venue because they know they're going to make their money back when they fill it with fans and when they fill it with people that are doing panels and you have Bret Hart up there talking and telling stories and all the other things that you do at this event. You, They can't pay that shit if it gets canceled and they don't get their money back. That could ruin somebody's life. And not for nothing, but the airlines, it's not cheap to fly in a plane. That could ruin somebody's life too. Like, imagine if a flight is $2,000, which is about what it's going for right now. But you take a flight because you're, you you know you can make $6,000 where you're going. But then you spend the 2000 and the flight gets canceled, you don't get your money back. And you you know what I mean? Like, you might be fucked. What if that, What if you only had $2,500 and you put the 2000 on the flight, 500 to survive. Now you have $500 to your name and, not, and they, they credited you for airplanes. All these things just sound like shit. Exactly. You know, it pisses me off, man. It's my money and I want it back. Like, I'm so mad I could lick a spring breaker. <laughs> wait, wait, a minute. stop the whole fucking show. I had to what? use this. I had to use the tweet. I, I tweeted that out when I watched how shitty NXT was. I'm so mad I could. You contagious fucks. How dare you be out there? No, I'm kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> the one day I'm not paying attention to Twitter, you tell me this shit happens. Oh my. You didn't hear about the spring break stuff. Oh, no, I heard about it. I just didn't hear about this tweet. <laughs> oh, I said that about NXT. Yeah. I was like, it made me so mad I could lick a spring breaker. Oh, man. That's cool. La, 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 la. 
Yeah, the fucking ratings agree. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to get to that shit. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so these flights wind up screwing people over and everything's going into turmoil. Uh, it's just insane. And like now we have wrestlers, thankfully, that are trying to do their part, which, uh, you know, I give kudos to them because, you know, if you can do something, if you can help people in any possible way, then try to help them to the best of your ability. One of those people is our good buddy, John Moxley, who. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Basically, uh, he did a GoFundMe for independent wrestlers who lost bookings. Um, So there's some donation we made. Apparently, it did really good. So, uh, you know. That's just something that he did in order to help and to try to give back, which is also very, very cool. Yeah, help the boys out. You were one of them once before, so. He still is. What the fuck you mean? I mean, talk about like, in the sense <laughs> of like struggling to make it. Like, oh, well, yeah, he's successful, but he's old. He's yeah, one of the boys. Oh, yeah. You got to help out the young boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, there's an AEW referee. Uh, let me look at this information here. His name is, what is this, Bryce? Yeah, his name is Bryce Remsburg. And uh, he's selling his own merchandise and donating all of the money to the indie workers and promoters that got quote unquote burned due to the canceling of shows. He said, hello, everything is crazy and I feel helpless, but I can do this. I have all sizes, three three X in, in these, buy one, and I promise I'll get the proceeds in the hands of the burned indie workers promotions. $30 include US shipping, PayPal, Brycey Semberg at gmail.com include size address. He said he raised over later on. He, he said that he raised over a thousand dollars. Uh, and he's taking orders until March 20th. So I guess this is already, this is an older story. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe he might still be taking orders. You could look into it if you want to try to help out there. Yeah, but it's awesome to see them doing what they can to help these guys out because it's because it's fucked a lot of them over. It's because it's that serious. You know what I mean? This is fucking yeah. like like a lot of different things. And I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about the, the shutdowns, to be clear. We'll get into the other stuff later on. You know, another person who's been doing his part or trying to contribute has been Mustafa Ali, who uh, he tweeted that uh, he said scary times uh, scary times only exist when you feel like you're on your own. I'll be donating to cover to cover all of the performers pay for the first event. I encourage anyone that is in a position to do so. Please donate and allow these incredible artists to perform for you. Um, I guess this is for uh, a place called Freelance Wrestling that he used to be a part of. So he's going to be. I want to say I've heard that name once before. So that's where he. That's that's the that's the small indie company he came from. So he's going to pay pay money to them. He's going to pay all of their first uh, events. So you know this, this is again. There's people trying to. Uh, trying to just keep people afloat because it hit them out of nowhere you know yeah it's a it's definitely hard times like they say exactly unbelievable but uh braun strowman i don't know if you read his uh (sighs) let's start with evil uno that that's that exalted exalted one's right hand yeah basically evil uno posted on social media and he just said you know Hopefully, you know, he wanted he he wanted people to help indie wrestlers who are out of work right now. 
Braun Strowman put up a post and he said, here we go with more of this somebody pay for my bill stuff. If you can't afford to pay your bills, maybe you should change professions. That's why I, I, I quit Strongman. I loved it, but I couldn't afford to live so. So instead of making a GoFundMe or a Patreon wanting someone else to take care of me, I went out and worked harder than I've ever worked in my life to get where I am. What happened to being accountable for your own actions and for anyone that goes that goes that's easy for you to say you're a wwe superstar and just and and fyi seven years i moved to florida with everything i owned in a keel soul with 150 to my name and i started this what are your thoughts (laughs) ah so um what's his name again greater value big show so not everybody unfortunately has the benefit of working for a company where you can just be big and run around a fucking ring every week. Okay. Not all of these guys, unfortunately, unfortunately, some of these guys, they were able to handle their shit before all these shutdowns happen. So, um, yeah, Braun, I would advise you shut it <laughs> because nobody's going to be as nice as Brock who just checked you one good time. There's a lot of people out there. He pissed off because as usual, he didn't fucking think. Yeah. Just no like like I don't give a shit where you fucking work. Check your shit, dude. Because those guys who are getting the Patreons and all those guys, guarantee those guys show up, your spot's gone, bro. All right. Like <laughs> and Mark Seventh right. I can't believe your big ass could fit in the Kia, first of all. It's like if you came from bodybuilding where you were barely making enough, then motherfucker, you know what it's like. I want the only difference is shit didn't shut down when you were bodybuilding. You couldn't cut it as a bodybuilder. Clearly, you can barely cut it as a wrestler. So, <laughs> I want Braun Strowman in a Kia for Mario Kart. Yes, it'll be the best thing he's ever done since. Can you here. imagine him in that shit? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Stasis is right. He better hope he don't got a pointer out. <laughs> we already saw one big man who fucked up and now he got a leak out. Yeah, don't well, be I, that I, one, Braun. Like, oh, I'm definitely hoping enough for the both of us. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, it's the see, this is what happens when guys make it big and then start loving the smell of their own fucking farts. Like, here's yeah. the reality, Braun. Greater value, greater value big show was a fucking compliment. You're not that good. You run around the ring and you do a power slam. That's about your credibility. I guarantee all those guys who are struggling right now, at least they probably had a championship with a legitimate run. All I'm saying, you've had three championships in the WWE, not a single defense. And listen, to those of you that say, well, there's a pandemic and that's the difference now between. uh, I agree with you in a sense. Don't do me a favor, though. Don't say there's a pandemic. Whenever you have, whenever things are different for you, if anything's different for you, for those of you affected, don't say justify anything to anyone else by saying, "Well, there's a pandemic." Say there there are shutdowns, because yeah, to be completely honest edge. with you, that's what the problem is. You're not having issues because of the pandemic. You're having issues because of the reaction to the pandemic, the shutdowns. Now that being said, that is the difference, Bron. There are shutdowns. People are forced out of work right now. It's not fair to basically tell them to go into another profession. What other profession? What could you point them to right now that they'd be able to get into that could expedite the process right at this moment? Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Like, let's say, where could they go tomorrow morning that they could get hired, like, right now? Could you give me, like, just give me top three places, Bron? 
but you're probably not hearing this. But just can you tell me where? What? Where, where are we going? Where is anyone going? What's anybody going to do? I don't like that attitude. That's a shit attitude, especially when exactly. everybody else who makes less money than him in certain aspects probably who does not, twice as much, you know, are, are are doing. You know, I don't like that at all. This is why certain that being, people don't need to have money because it goes straight to their fucking head. That being Wrong said, one of them. Like, I have some stuff that I want to say in regards to the actual situation and COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. I just felt like there's a point in this where I needed to talk to everyone. So look, it's definitely difficult right now. Everyone's feeling the effects. Don't think I don't feel the effects. It's affected me. It's affected everyone's finances. It's affected mine. I'm sure it's affected yours. It's slowed down business progression, things in general. There's no question that it's shittier the way it is now than the way it used to be. That being said, I advise people to take precautions, not just during these times, but all the time. Anyone that's a long time listening to the show knows that these new habits that a lot of people out there are practicing are how I live. I'm always sanitizing my hands. I'm always sanitizing my keyboard, my door, my my phone, you know, door handles, doorknobs. We may not be a big production but we're also not bandwagon jumpers because this isn't me telling you now that this is happening, take these precautions. This is me always telling you guys that, you know, I've taken them and now you can do whatever the fuck you want. I can only advise you, but I just wanted it to be said on the record that I have always been an advocator of all of this. Way before this, I've said this on air, you can call me a germaphobe or, or, or whatever, but look at it now because everyone now, it's difficult for me to get the hand sanitizer and alcohol that I'm constantly using. So who's the real germaphobe <laughs> now exactly. at the end of the day? I guess we all are. Welcome to my world, rest of the world. That being said, don't be pretentious and preach to people about staying home. I'm not saying that people who absolutely can shouldn't stay home why the fuck shouldn't you you're a fool if you have the luxury of staying home and not needing to be involved in this then by all means now's the time to do it catch up on your favorite netflix and chill marathon series do things you've always wanted to do but haven't had the chance to do if there's anything this thing should have taught people is that life is short and that life is unexpected and that you should live for you and literally live for you first and then live for everybody else. That doesn't mean you can't live for others, but live for yourself first. Don't worry about the other shit. That being said, people that absolutely, basically, I'm not saying that people who, who absolutely can shouldn't stay at home, but I'm saying that people that absolutely can't have to go out and they should just be careful. If it's at all possible to work from home, minimize your time outside and keep your distance from others. Sure. Then you, then you totally should. But the universal tribe mentality of shutting down life in general, I can't comfortably say that I agree with this. There's something, listen guys, there's something funny about this. All of this is very new and they're already calling the National Guard into some of the main affected cities. And uh, it's unfolding really fast. And I think that uh, the most that can be done has already been done. And not only that, economically, the damage we've all taken on small and large scales from common people listening to the show to small and large businesses alike 
there still needs to be some levels of stability and normality. And I personally think people did a great job at following randomly rushed orders in an emergency situation. That being, you know, give yourself a fucking hand, even if you did a little stuff, give yourself a fucking hand because this is really fucking unexpected and out of nowhere. Give yourself a fucking hand. I mean it, you know, for what you did, whatever little you did, Jesus Christ, for following random rushed orders. That being said, that being said, there's something not right about this. And I'm not saying it's bullshit, but I am saying that the way this is being handled is funny. And guys, you have to live your lives, take precautions, distance yourself, you know, cover your, your, your face, touch, clean your hands constantly, stay away from others, but let's not be crazy. It's become so fucking ridiculous how the media is able to herd so many sheep, like they convey the message and then all the paranoid panickers then run onto social media and they beat it into your heads over and over and over and they're recycling and regurgitating the same news over and over and then that causes the chain reaction and the ripple effect where you have the people in social media who are regurgitating to their followers who are exactly that followers who then follow them in doing the same shit and then that ripple effect goes on and before you know you're causing mass panic it is going too far and i know you have people out there that are complying you know what's funny you know what really strikes me as funny all of the future stories you hear whether it's in video games comic books novels movies our own imaginations it's always the perception of of this kind of stuff happening national guard martial law being forced into your households it was always visualized with it being almost like stormtrooper-esque people storming your houses and holding you with guns and keeping you at at, at bay and all this other stuff and here it is happening and and really the weapon turned out to be social media the thing that i feared the most because everyone's complying without realizing that they're complying without really questioning too much but also enforcing it let the let the government enforce it but you as people should not you're not the fucking government you shouldn't tell anyone who to stay inside and who not to stay inside that's not up to your fucking discretion if the government has that power and we can't do anything about it whether we agree with it or not that's the way that it is sure but you're kind of being part of this mass herd you know what i mean you're that sheep in the front of the fucking flock leading the rest of them but you're sheep still nonetheless and that's what really pisses me off about this entire situation. And that's what's had me hot for a while is that, yeah, we get it. We understand the situation. But now it's becoming fear mongering when you're just fucking reiterating the same shit over and over again. And then all the memes and stuff constantly are not helping. Find something fucking better to do, you stupid marks. You're telling me that the best you could do with all the spare time you have is look at and share memes across the thing? So when this whole fucking pandemic comes and goes, at the end of it, what the fuck are you going to have to show for it? All the memes you shared? All the bitching you've been doing? Over some shit that you can't control? That pisses me off. This whole thing sucks. But you don't have to contribute to it being shitty. And that's what you're doing when you're on social media and you're constantly reminding people. If you talk, if you typed stay home at any point on social media, fuck you, man, because not everybody has that fucking option. So you shouldn't tell people to stay home. You should advise them. Sure. And we should do our best to minimize. I agree with everything else. But this thing where it's almost becoming enforced, that's a fine line to cross. I get it. You don't want to be Italy. You know, I want to be all these other places. It's still a fine line to cross because there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances and stuff. I'm not just saying it's old people or whatever, but there's a lot of things that are being done and it's just being hammered and blown out of proportion. Of course, it's dangerous. There's a lot of things that are dangerous. And if, again, to the best of our ability, we should do our best, but not to a point 
where you literally feel like you're living in a prison country either. And that's we're coming fucking close to that. We're coming really, really close to that. You got to be vocal about that and be careful. You know, again, we always should have been taking these precautions. I've always taken these precautions just because I'm informed. It's about germs and life in general. Unfortunately, hindsight's twenty twenty. But if people around the world would have been taking these precautions in the first place, we wouldn't have to do this. Be already done. What if everyone was already sanitizing and cleaning and doing shit? Tell me why the fuck. You know what, man? Sometimes I have like a couch in the in the room that I'm in along with a, with a bed. I have a bunch of different furniture. You know, I take an alcohol spray bottle and and whenever. I can, I just spray it. It's like alcohol doesn't harm anything. I'll spray unless I'm going to set someone on fire. You know, if I have company, when I'm done, I'll clean it. I'll wipe everything off. I'll use a little dust vac. Then I'll take a spray alcohol bottle. I'll spray across and then wipe it all down. Make sure we're disinfecting stuff around me. I didn't need there to be a, a pandemic to do that shit. If more people, so you're telling me I'm doing this to my personal house. Why don't airlines do that? Why don't movie theaters do that? Why don't restaurants do that? Can you, can someone tell me why I'm the only person who disinfects, or at least one of the minor, I'm sure there's others, that disinfects seats and just common fucking areas on a regular basis? That doesn't make any sense. I don't give a shit if it's fabric. This could have been avoided with a little bit more caution. I'm not blaming anybody. This is a lesson learned. You all learned your lesson. Who's nasty out there? But I'm just saying that now we're, we learned. We got it. We're going to take these precautions, but the economy is being hurt. A lot of different things are being damaged. We as people, are all definitely affected by this. People's hours are cut. People's wages are cut. Money's being lost globally. There's no one not losing money right now. And it automatically means that no matter how shitty things are, even when things are better, there's a chance they can be shitty. Because the longer you keep things shut down, the more money people will owe. The more money people owe when this whole thing's over, the more time they're not going to spend enjoying the fact this is this is over. They're going to spend trying to climb out of the debt that accumulated from the entire time that this was going on. Then the, then the thing is gone. The entire virus ran through everybody's circulation. It's a crazy compromise, I know. And I'm by no means saying that this shouldn't be the way that it is as far as the distancing. But there has to be a limit to that, too. It has to be within someone's discretion to at least have the common sense to do it within reason. But that reason not entailing turning off 90 percent of things that hurts everyone, you know, and granted the uh, the covid does, too. But we're just kind of contributing to it. Now it's like we have two problems. We got people out of work. We've got people running out of money. And we got people sick and dying. So uh, there has to be a middle ground here. And what's the middle ground? Well, obviously, uh, like I said, and I'm going to just reiterate this one more time. Those that are completely capable where they won't starve to death or die should probably stay home. Yeah, if you don't have to go anywhere, don't. Those that instead of going out and having company can meet your buddies on Xbox Live, even if you're neighbors, you can meet each other on Xbox Live and have the same experience. You could go on. There's a Netflix plugin on Google Chrome, guys, that you can use where you can all group watch stuff together. You know, there's ways to group watch things together, you know, watch things over thing. If it's possible to do now's a good time to do it, you know, but I'm just saying for people who have those resources that can just stay home and they can eat. They're, they're, they're well-stocked. They can eat. They're well-stocked financially. They're healthy. They don't need to go anywhere for any special treatment. Stay home, man. Totally. You're actually a dick if under those circumstances you're still going out. I think you're a dick if you're doing that. But on the other hand, if you think that you're fucked, you know what I mean? Like you're, if you don't pay uh, to eat, you're not going to have food for tomorrow. You're not going to have uh you're not going to have resources. Then that's th- at the point where, uh, that's a tough compromise to make 
And I'm just saying for those of you on the sidelines, cheering from the sidelines and social media, you definitely don't want to be someone who's a whistleblower because you don't know somebody's situation when you see them out there. Oh, what is he doing during this? Maybe he has no fucking choice. You know what it might be? Maybe he wants to catch the the disease. That's what it must be, right? It must be. That's what you got to ask yourself when you see people. Maybe this person just really wants to catch this. No, that's not the case. You don't have a choice. Just chill out and stop freaking out. I think the more emergency that we have happening right now is people freaking out. Everyone needs to just be cool for the second week in a row. Everyone needs to chill. Hey, to be cool. Yeah, be cool, honey bunny. Second week in a row, everybody <laughs> needs to just chill. Take a deep breath and very cautiously live their lives. But live their lives. <laughs> you know, if that makes any exactly. sense. Not the end of the world. Yeah. It's going to pass through. Things are going to go back to normal. You need to start thinking ahead about how you're going to fix the damage that this shit is causing right now. That way, when it starts to go back to normal, you're ready. You weren't prepared for the beginning of this. Be prepared for the end. And do it without being crazy like the media or the Twitter people are making you feel. So, yeah. Just wanted to say that. And also, Braun, keep your running ass shut. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what the fuck you're talking. I don't even think Braun's ever been on the Indies before. So of course, he wouldn't know. So. <sighs> right. See what you did, Braun? Fucked up again. <laughs> yeah, and there are people that are saying that they're worried about uh, people like Vince McMahon during this, Jim Ross. You know, Dave Meltzer saying he's worried about him and even uh, Tony Schiavone and all these older guys that are like in their mid-50s and stuff. The fact that they could be, you know, they put themselves at risk being involved with everything right now as opposed to just staying at home. And WWE... Uh, said that everyone at the performance center gets medically screened when they're on their closed set. They have Dr. Maroon there and uh, Dr. Dugas and the ringside physician, Dr. Westerfield. Um, And they're practicing all the precautionary measures that are required to participate in medical screenings prior to entering the training centers. And uh, apparently they're they're testing people. um, But they're saying that they're not testing people Unless they're showing symptoms. And the problem with that logic is that some people don't show symptoms. Uh, there are cases that I've seen on the news where people have uh, felt fine. but And they just decided to go get tested because they, they were around people that were in that area. And they felt fine from beginning, middle, and end. Not a single symptom. That's what you got to be conscious of, guys. That's why I say if you can, keep your distance. But don't kill yourself trying to. Literally, don't kill yourself or starve to death trying to keep your distance. But if you can, because there are people that feel fine that turn out to be just carriers. So you're walking around, you might have this, nothing happens. Then there are people who just get a little sniffle, a little <clears throat> back of their throat. And that's so I don't want to paranoia anybody here because I know just seeing, you know, hearing it, you know, I might be half hypochondriac, you know, hearing that shit will make you feel like you have it suddenly, you know, but there are people that they just get a mild, maybe a sniffle, maybe they get a headache, maybe they feel some people have just felt a little sleepy. You know what I mean? But, you know, it might have felt like a different kind of sleepiness, you know, or a different kind of cough or something. You know what I mean? There was something different about it in their system, but it, it was gone before it was there. And then there are other people who they were in the fucking emergency room, who they couldn't breathe, who they needed ventilators, who were who needed to be revived and shit. You know what I mean? Who needed to be turned on their on their stomachs 
so that uh they'd be able to try to get the most oxygen out of them. You know what I mean? There are people that died. The fourth phase is, yes, there are people who have just died that couldn't be recovered. That is a small, small number, which is why I say don't be scared. Compared to the people that have recovered and survived, that is a small number. Yeah, that's the part you don't hear brought up enough is the people who survived. So, uh, like I said, the reason why this, this caution is because of the lack of information, guys. Like, the fact that we know that unlike a cold where you could see somebody coming down with it, a regular person with no symptoms can give it to someone who's all fucked up. And since it reacts to each person differently, it is sort of like a crazy game of Russian roulette, but with the odds in your favor. But just because the odds are in your favor for something doesn't mean that you should take unwarranted, unjustified risks. Why not put the odds more in your favor? By on top of knowing that this is something that you probably don't have to worry about, where even if you are in that 1% that are affected greatly, you try to dodge that shit. When, when you hear them talking about lowering the curve, for those of you that don't know what that means, what that means is that we can say statistically that the same amount of people are going to catch this no matter what. What they want to do is they want to lower the curve where if you looked at months on a graph with, with the graph going up, you want the curve rather than it shooting up between March and April. They'd rather that curve stay gradual going across the bottom of March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, all the way into next year. The reason being, because if you look at a graph, if that graph was to spike in April, May, now you draw a line through the middle of that graph that's spiking. The middle of that graph represents our resources to deal with medical issues. Now we've spiked past that. 20,000, 30,000 people all get it at once and the hospitals can't handle that load of people. And then you have a lot more people that need help on the outside dying. But if you have this in place, maybe the same amount of people, the same 30,000 people will still catch it. But instead of them all catching it in April and in March, now we're slowing it down. Some are catching in April, some are catching in March. Maybe by the time we get to December, January, all of the people that would have caught it in that big spike have now gone through it. But we never ran out of resources. You didn't have people waiting in the hallway in the doctor's office. I'm explaining this because I think it's important that you guys understand our objective. The objective of people right now is not to cure this. It's not to make this go away. And quite honestly, it's not to prevent you from having it or catching it. Most of you probably will. At least that's what some people say. Assuming that's the case, it's just trying to space it out. So that the hospitals don't always have a lot of people in there. You get a few victims a week. I know I'm being optimistic saying that, but you get a few victims a week. Where if everybody's going to parades and going to baseball games and going to wrestling events, all those people wind up all in the ER at the same time. Look at the size of WrestleMania. If that thing spreads, they say it's highly contagious. If it spreads the way they say it, look at the size of WrestleMania. Imagine if all of those people went from WrestleMania straight to the local emergency room. Imagine if that happened one time. Think of what will happen if everyone from Mania went suddenly to the emergency room. They were all there at the same day. They all contracted at the same time. They're all heading to the same emergency room. It's not likely, but but it's happened in other countries with with what they're seeing. That's essentially what happened. A lot of these other countries had big gatherings. And then that same volume of people all simultaneously wound up in a cluttered emergency room. As opposed to realizing early that they have it, staying away from each other. And then they were slowly coming in separately giving time to get them in and out, get them in and out, give the, you know what I mean? That's what they mean by lowering the curve. The objective has nothing to do with preventing the spread. It's just trying to ease it and slow it down so that you have a slow spread. Now, there's good and bad factors to that. I guess the good and the the, the bad factors being this last very long. 
very long because you slowly you're always going to hear about people catching it if, if people are hardly catching it because they're distanced then uh you know you're going to hear cases of them catching it for a while whereas you look at some place like wuhan or italy there's going to come a day probably really soon where you're not going to hear anything we're already hearing that wuhan has no more cases to her, but it's spread through everything so they had a cut well, what had happened there they, they they caught it in december and it sounds like it spread through everything and we're in march it was three or four months one season it spread through everything they're not catching it anymore but look at how fucked up they are. Look at how many people died. Look at how many resources were expended and what they have to recover from. So our strategy, whether you agree with it or not, I'm just explaining it. Our strategy is, well, we don't want a crazy thing like that. We'd rather just have people sick for a long stretch, little by little, by keeping away from each other and slowly catching it. Do you see the differences in the philosophies here? Yeah. So that's well, One's thinking more long term than the other. Right. And you don't know which one. It really depends. They say that 25% of the population in Italy is over the age of 60 or something like that. You know, they're all, they're all much older people. So, I mean, that also attributes to us since we know that more, even though some young cases have been reported, more older people are susceptible to, to, uh, to this disease as far as not recovering from it. A lot of them because of pre-existing conditions. But that's the whole point. They're trying to curve that because it'll be longer for us to recover, but our resources won't get expended that way. And with more hospital beds and resources free, that means that a lot of people that would have died just because they were out in the hallway and in the waiting room can now get in and be seen immediately. So that's what they're doing here. I think personally that however many amount is, was going to catch it is going to catch it either way. You know, it, it must be really contagious just, just based on the way we're hearing about things happening. There are people that have no idea how the fuck they got it. Where it's like, no, I wasn't near anything or anyone. I don't know what the hell's going on here. So, but don't freak out, you know. I think that, again, I think the freaking out is, is the worst part. I said that last week. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye. A long shot. The freaking out has been the worst part. And if you need people to talk to or hang out with, don't forget Destin and I and the rest of the team, the rest of the brunchers. We're always around. You can send us a DM on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Send us a DM. You can join the Talk Brunch Club if you're at home and you have nothing to do and you have an Xbox or even a PC. You could go on the Talk Brunch Club. Search the Talk Brunch Club or look me up, Rick Dara. And um, join the club. There's a lot of free games right now you can kill time with if you if you have that luxury of staying home. You know they they released Call of Duty, uh, Warzone, which is like a PUBG style battle royale yeah. game. Absolutely uh, phenomenal. Yeah, very good. You know it's three v three or or, or uh, just single player. Uh, they also have uh, Fantasy Star came out. Fantasy Star Online too. It's free to play for everyone. It's a game we have characters in there. You can join us. Uh, Bless Unleashed. Uh, Stasis and myself we play. We have characters in there. A few of us are. I believe Willie V two made a character. That's something we'll be going back and forth between. Uh, or anything else, or if you just want to yeah. talk, or call all the stuff in. on the Game Pass, which has been nuts lately. Yeah. Or if you just want to call in whenever we're on the air because you're bored. It doesn't have to be just a Monday show. When we're doing random streams throughout the week, if you want to hit us up and just call in and just have a platform to speak, that can you know that can be arranged. You know, you can talk to yeah. us. Uh, you know, we're accessible as far as that goes. And just in case, also, if I you feel because I know this has been very convoluted and mixed, it's just my thoughts. If you feel that I sent mixed messages, which quite honestly, I don't know how you wouldn't be able to feel that way. Uh, and you just want clarification on my opinion on certain things. You you can fucking ask me, man. Like, well, what do you really think? You know, I'm trying my best to give you um, a roadmap of just not my perspective, but just a general perspective. For me, like I said, just in summary, I just think there's a little bit too much freak out. You, you be careful. You wash your hands. You keep away from each other while this passes. And that's it. 
the shutdowns and the closures in some cases, not in all. GameStop needed to be shut down, but the shutdowns and closures in other cases, those needed, uh, those don't all, they needed to be managed a little bit, not necessarily shut down. And yeah. life has to go back to normal. Otherwise, the long-term damage, long after this is done, we'll still be dealing with the long-term damage. Um, yeah. Anyway, I hate to, uh, I hate to break that far out of the old Rick Dara gimmick, you know, and just, you know, yeah, sometimes gotta be done. Guys, but, you know, I just thought that some shit had to be said on here, you know, and, uh, you know, I said, we're always going to be here. I told you guys, that's the reason I told you guys years ago that no matter what, there would always be a show and we would always do something unless the world ends because I, that's the whole reason for having something like this because I knew shit was going to happen. Um, yeah. Now we want to talk a little bit about GameStop. <laughs> Let's do it. Power, it's not like I work anymore anyway. <laughs> power to the pandemic. <laughs> so GameStop. Hey, them numbers and them quotes, man. I'm telling you, man, we got to get this shit. <laughs> they, basically, they basically sent a letter to their managers telling them to tell the police when they come to shut them down that they are essential, uh, that they are essential service. Meaning they need to stay open because they provide important things that people need to survive during this that no one else can. And when I first heard that, I made it made me realize they're probably going to be talking about phones. They sell phones there and other communication devices. And that's what the spin is that they're going to try to put on it. Which in that case, the mayors and governors should have said, hey, OK, that's what you do. Well, then you need to move all of that stuff to the forefront and not sell games as to discourage the gathering of people for pre-orders and kids coming in here uh, that are bored. You need to make it clear that you're not selling games or anything and that the only people who could come in here are for communication devices. There are places that sold that, that did other things that sold drapes, curtains, carpets, uh, that kind of stuff that have been uh, reassigned voluntarily by our governor in New York that basically now they can make masks, surgical things that people need. And since they have the materials and they need the work, they've adjusted themselves now during this where they're not doing what they used to do. Instead, they're going to be selling this other stuff that can be created. Uh, GameStop should have done that. You know, they should have demanded that the, 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 the country, the city should have demanded, Hey, listen, uh, if you guys want to stay open because you're selling essential shit, well, you're going to be selling essential shit. You know what I mean? You, you need to sell, uh, Things that people need, just the phones. If you're here for the phone, would you, from what you told me, the phones aren't even sold in store. <laughs> no, the bitches is online. <laughs> so how dare they then? You know what I mean? So you, so then there's no reason for the stores to be open, but this is what they did. They tried to keep all their stores open. Camelot, uh, what was his full, full YouTube? Uh, I think it's Camelot. I was forget the number. Uh, well, yeah, well, Camelot, just look up Camelot GameStop on YouTube. That guy, he's a former GameStop employee. People leak him a lot of information. He managed to sneak onto a GameStop conference call, which you can look up on social media. You can link it in the chat room if you want, Dustin. Um, yeah, give me a sec. But yeah, he, you, you can hear these people and how terrified they are as they're trying to, the, the, basically upper management is telling them that they have to keep these stores open and that if the police come, to show the police this fucking piece of paper that says, hey, you know, we're allowed to stay open even in a crisis. You know, our video game store, which you're going to tell the cops, a manager who basically GameStop doesn't have their back legally. Should something happen, GameStop is not legally going to have the, the backs of these employees that are running the store. But they're going to have them be accountable for during a crisis to basically disobey orders and stay open. And the reason why they were doing this is because there's been a spike in video game sales. 
obviously because of what's happening right now, a lot of people are finding games. They're finding GameStop stores. They have nothing to do with their time. They're gaming online. They're taking the advice that I said. Even a lot of the gaming servers have been cluttered. Even a lot of the gaming servers have been cluttered. And this is because of a lot of more people being wrong. GameStop is in a situation where this is probably the most money that they were going to be able to make. And they almost couldn't resist doing that. That's where they are. And the other thing is that they're in such a destabilized situation that there's uncertainty if once they close during this, if they would ever even be able to afford to open. So they realized that this closure might not just be during this. It might be for good. So they tried their best. And then, yes, they eventually did close. Finally. And let me tell you something. For the big cities where uh, the National Guard has just been released, GameStop and their employees are very lucky that they had that order in place before the National Guard got out here. Because the National Guard are not the fucking cops. <laughs> not I at would, all. I would pay good wrestling ticket money <laughs> to see you go up to a National Guard person with a fucking printout piece of paper from your GameStop boss saying that this place... I would... Oh, my God. It'd be better than pay-per-view. For you to go up to the National Guard <laughs> when they fucking come in there, when they walk into that place... I, I dare you to hand them a piece of paper telling them what you can do. <laughs> you know? Sir, I believe I can stay. <laughs> Objective completed. <laughs> Roll out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Sir, but my piece of paper. <laughs> fucking idiot staying open. See, like, neighbor, like where I work now um, at Burger King. One of the precautions that's been taken, they have a completely shut the place down. We just have very few people working on the inside. The kitchen, like, I mean, um, like the dining area is completely closed. So now you can only get through the drive through. It's just very few of us in there at once. I think the most I ever saw at one point was going to be like three or four. Not completely shutting it down, but it's like doing what you can. Eventually, it might get to the point where they just say, okay, just shut it down. It's not going to be like, hey, uh. Sir, um, officer, I believe we need these nuggets. So, like, no. like. <laughs> but in all fairness, I mean, I get it because you want to keep people employed. They got to be careful with, with that, especially because it's food service. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get it. Everybody needs to live. Everybody needs to eat. But they got to be careful in regards to the uh, the food services. Yeah, definitely. You know? But, yeah, when it comes to our community, we didn't make this for uh, for us. We made it for you guys. You know, it's like I want people to utilize this, especially during these times, you know, dig into our content, make content with us, uh, do whatever, you know, don't. Uh, that's what this was here for all along. You know, this was my Noah's Ark, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. And now it's Noah's Ark. There we go. Oh, God. <laughs> but now, it's a, you know, this now's a good time. Don't don't uh, allow don't get swallowed by the social media hammering. I recommend, and I've said this before, and I think it's the best thing anyone could do. And I'm sorry if I repeat myself if you listen regularly, but I really think the healthiest way to consume the news. Well, let's start with the unhealthiest way. Watching the five o'clock or six o'clock news, which I think very few people in our community do. When you watch an hour, you're just sitting there coming up next after the break, blah, 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 blah. And you're sitting there waiting for them to pander the fucking stories to you. Fuck that. If you have YouTube, on a device, fire stick, whatever, use it, go to scroll down to local news and scroll from left to right and just read 
the headlines, click into the ones you're curious about that are one to two minutes. Maybe you might just click into it because you want to read the rest of the title because the title's cut off on the thumbnail. Click into it, get a general feel of the news, and then dip out of it. Don't do what our generations before us did, which you know if what is if you grew up in a family. It was a ritual. There was a news show that they would watch for an hour. It was time to watch that news show. They would get all of their information in that show. That's programming. That is not what you do when you're in the mood to see if shit has changed, which don't don't egg beat it. Do it a couple times a day or a week even. Just go down to local news, scroll across. If you don't have that format because you're watching YouTube on the computers or whatever, youtube.com slash TV will bring it up the way you see it on like a fire stick or on a game console. Just scroll down to local news, go to the right, look through all the thumbnails, get a general sense. And you know what? Only really press on the ones that are like five hours old, six hours old. Don't look at something 12 to 24 because they're beating you over the head with the same shit over and over again anyway. So pick and choose the ones that at least have updates to what you're already hearing. There might be some information in there that you can use to come to an objective decision and get some objective information out there. Look what it fucking did for me. That's how I got all of my news. So, (laughs) you know, I'm just just saying, guys, just saying there's just advice during this. I don't like no one's telling anyone how to do anything, you know, just telling everyone what not to do. You know, the world's not a fair place. And I get that. But the people that, that, that are in charge of those kind of things, it's almost not fair that they are. There's not proper direction. And I get it. It's frustrating. Hang in there. Yep. Hang in there and stop blaming Trump for everything. I see some of y'all out there. Come <laughs> on now. They still out there and they're just like, really, bitch? Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, Good luck. So it means when you start sending out them thousand when you start sending out them thousand dollar texts, that means I'm taking yours. Like yeah. Huh? <laughs> on a brighter note, let's talk about some brighter COVID news. But you never thought you'd hear that one, huh? <laughs> uh, Diano Perrazzo got a DM. The setup and the pause is what bothers me more than anything else the right guys, now. Guys, whenever he I, pauses, I feel, if you I, I have like never I'll, listened to this show, that means some shit is about to go down. I feel like a chick saying this, but sometimes I see shit that just reminds me that guys can be such fucking pigs, dude. Like, <laughs> makes you ashamed of them, doesn't it? Like, holy shit. So someone like, fucking messaged her. Y'all, like, someone messaged her and said, do you have enough toilet paper? Because I can be your Prince Charming. I'm going to see y'all next week. <laughs> That's it for me. I'm done. Do you have <laughs> enough toilet paper? Because I can be your Prince Charming. What the fuck? That is so messed up. You know, I've... We, we, we've talked about how we feel about the whole man to woman, woman to man thing. It, it's shit like that where I'm just like, man, really don't feel like being a guy right now. Huh? I don't feel like having I'm, my... I'm, I'm glad I'm a guy. Shit. Imagine having to put up with that. When someone when someone gives you a, a charming toilet paper pickup line, oh my God, really that again? is some next level shit. What do you say again? I gotta hear it one more time. Oh, God. Do you have enough toilet paper? Because I can be your Prince Charming. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. This toilet paper situation has just gotten out of hand. How Prince, Prince the coolest at Prince Charming oh. Ultra. <laughs> made it worse. Prince Charming Ultra. That is no. a good tag, man. If anybody hasn't taken it, use it. If you haven't made a tag yet, be Prince Charming oh Ultra. Oh, my God. Like, how long 
had he sat there because that, that sounds like a pickup line where you put work in that. Oh, shit. I don't know. It's not like people have been long toilet paper long. They just goes to show where his head has been. Oh my god! And Kayla Braxton also had some sort of a toilet paper thing. She's angry. She's hot about toilet paper. Let me see what the hell this is. It's crazy. I think you ever go here in your lifetime. For those of you, and you know who you are, who are currently hoarding way more toilet paper than you would ever need, even in a global crisis, shame on you. You're inconsiderate. Shame on you. Also, mom, we ship me some toilet paper. Aww. <laughs> you got that Charmin heat. <laughs> Should I write that one down? Got that Charmin heat. Yeah, I don't even know anymore. Fuck it, I might as well. Very, very Charmin. I'll tell you, man, it, it was so, like we said fucking last night. Just, just, use, just use the cop. Don't throw away that cop. It's a different world, man. You know? That's all I could really say at this point. It's a different world. You know, well, you, there will be entertainment and there will be good times. They will be, just be a bit different from the times that you've had. We got a, uh, what is this, Angelo Dawkins. Oh, oh my God. That's your favorite. Yeah, that's the, that's the good one, right? The one that does stuff? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. No. No, it's not, right? It's the other guy? Oh, man. That's why he's your favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, him. Let's hey, see what happens. There you go. I guess he got to play some sports during this with his dogs. Out of breath. <laughs> he's telling you he blew himself up in that shit. You gotta do what you gotta do. Hey, you gotta keep yourself entertained somehow. <laughs> I give him credit, shit. Huh? <laughs> See, Dawkins, you did something good. You made him laugh. <laughs> now you just gotta start doing stuff in the ring and you'll be okay. Holy shit. That was great. He didn't sound Goldberg out of breath, but. He's not like that took him out of him. He's not like that, he's not like that took it out of him a little bit. He was overjoyed. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, my Jesus. <laughs> that was great. It really was. <laughs> See, you can have fun. As, as, in, as, little, as little as he does in the ring, you can't hate him after that. Like that. You could have fun in an apocalypse. Yeah. No. Now all it needs is some pudding, and he'll be straight. Oh, boy. Ronda <laughs> Rousey also did some stuff. She has a series called uh, Ronda's Quarantine Kitchen. I, I heard about this. I yeah, know she's I, been doing a lot of gaming, but I yeah, heard yeah, about Yeah, she's been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Pokemon, like she's a, Yeah, she's been having a good old time. I'm right? one of us. Like, don't, don't get it twisted, bro. Yeah, but she's also... This is a Quarantine Kitchen episode. I can't watch this whole thing, but she teaches you how to pickle stuff so that it'll last. Okay, all right. Jesus, what have we become? What have I become? Welcome to Rhonda's no. Quarantine Kitchen. I have been a proud prepper for many years, and uh, though zombies didn't come, a pandemic did. And so we are in self-quarantine, and everyone's doing a lot of panic buys at the grocery store, and most of what people are buying are non-perishables, but there's a lot of perishables left in the store because people don't know how to preserve them. So I'm going to show you how to pickle your perishables. So join me in developing our post-apocalyptic skill set. Rhonda's Quarantine Kitchen. 
so we're gonna chop up some veggies. We're going to chop the red onion very thin like. <laughs> oh boy. What and I like to curl my fingers. I got taught this as a bartender when cutting onions that if you curl your fingers in, you're less likely to chop off your fingertips. Not today, knife. No fingers were lost in this production. It's more than I can say about every production I've been a part of. Oh, no, <laughs> no, I should have picked the finger. We all get the half high, yeah? I'm going to cry about it. There's probably a more efficient, like, Gordon Ramsay way type of do it. Shout out to Gordon Ramsay. Scramble. Carrots. Yeah. All right. So you got to chop off the end dudes of your um, cucumber because it'll rot in your pickle jar. And that is the opposite of what you want in your pickling circumstances. But that's okay. My chickens will love you. There's a bag down there. Not a chicken. Hiya, hiya. I just only speak in halves ever. Yeah, I'm like quarters and you're like half a half. <laughs> half a half. You mean a quarter? You mean an eighth? Half a half a half. Mm. I love the vegetables except for the radish. I'm going to stick you in there. And then I'm going to stick this in here and I'm going to ha. Rhonda's using a mandolin. And then slide like a deli meat. And then I push and I push and I push and I push. And then I think it's over. Yeah, if you don't have a mandolin, I recommend you cut these carefully. Ha. And slowly. And slowly. And not slow, but high. And careful. Mandolin. Look at that. I got all my fingers. Look at my veggies. Now that I have my thinly sliced I like veggies, I'm going on. to yeah. put them in you jars. Well, first I'm going to blanch these onions, but you're just going to have to take my word for it. So now I'm going to make up all the different brines. Our uh, brine concoction ingredients are in the description below. And uh, let's pickle these bad boys. This is Blurry Jesse. Our pickling expert, our brine ninja, she is going to show us our delicious mix. What do you got here? Your basic pickling brine what is going to be your vinegars, white. Why does that person identity not, not want to be known? beyond this because they are lower in acidity. You want a 5% acidity. And don't add too much water. Then, basically, you get your salt and sugar. Uh, mix it together. Usually at that point you would have to heat it up because you need to make sure those things are dissolved. Basically, pickling is like a personal thing. You add whatever you think is delicious. All of these will be detailed below. Yes, all right. Let's get a brine in. Okay, so we got our chopped vegetables here in okay, jars. Okay, All of these are raw, listen, except if you for learn these how to uh, red onions here, which are blanched. You can, blanched, uh, blurry, Jesse tells me, is uh, when you quickly throw them in. Rhonda on almost any platform. Yeah, we, got, we, we put it out on Twitter. Watch the whole video. Just give you an idea what Rhonda's doing. Oh, my God. Yeah, that way you. Rhonda's fucking funny. Like, huh? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Blurry Jesse. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, well, last bit of, of WrestleMania news is just a general look at WrestleMania because they put out that graphic uh, where Gronk in it because he's the host of WrestleMania. 
because it couldn't get worse, right? And this was the graphic where they announced that it was going to be two days or whatever. Did you see the graphic yet? I, I might have. After fucking SmackDown, I just fucking blocked Ronk Alstrom and I was like, Ooh. Tell me what bothers you about this graphic, if anything. <laughs> First of all, the fuck is Gronk doing in front? Second of all, who fucking CGI'd him in there like that? So he, <sighs> you ha- you're you're on the right track. Yeah, you're right. Why is Gronk in the front? I don't give a fuck about Gronk for WrestleMania. Right? Nobody knows who the in, fuck he is. Like, he's in the front of the poster, ahead of everybody else. Okay, bullshit. Randy Orton commented and said, "Well, ain't that some bullshit?" Because where the hell's Randy Orton and Edge? WrestleMania. Right? That's like one of the big matches. Even Goldberg has higher standing. The Fiend? You know what I mean? Like Shayna Baszler? The fuck is Gronk? Some random... There? What the fuck is this Mark doing in the front of... What? I don't give a shit who you used to play for. Bitch, you are a football player. You don't matter right now. Your ass in the back. Oh my god. We'll get to it when we talk to SmackDown, but really? That's your fucking host? Like, is that the best a man can get? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Might be a case of a boy, because that motherfucker don't look like he had puberty at all in this picture. Yeah. <laughs> motherfucker look like a 10-year-old with stories to tell. Like, what the fuck? I love how everybody's just like, huh? Like, at least like with Becky, you see like the, the cockiness. John Cena, you see the man, I'm just happy to be here. Roman, I'm a win. Fucking Brock and Drew all serious. And then Gronk, just happy as can fucking be. Two days of me, guys. Yeah, WWE Network. See, Cooley, you know about him more and more about him than him, because whoever whoever he won the Super Bowl with, the other guys must have been way more fucking important. Oh, yeah, it was for the Patriots. Yeah, so he was just Brady's bitch. Like, fucking nobody nobody gives a shit about him. Like, fuck. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, <sighs> I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just it's more it's the more of what's a lot of a problem with WWE. You're bringing these guys in who aren't even actually fucking fans. They've just heard of you and they're like, ooh, more TV time. Why would you want crunchy pickles? Ronda was eating a cucumber. Well, crunchy pickles probably something more people know than Gronk. I've never tried a cucumber, so I wouldn't know. Or I mean, like, just isolated like the way Ronda had it. That'd be a good graphic, just Ronda eating a cucumber. Hey, we we got titles for it, so. The title. While we're talking, I don't know if you heard about this story. I want to kind of get into it briefly before we jump into everything else. Speaking of guys like Gronk who have no business in the sport, did you hear about that shot that Triple H took at Deontay Wilder? Uh, I heard of it. I didn't actually hear the shot. So basically what happened was when Deontay fought fucking uh, Muffin Top Fury, Tyson Fury, <laughs> and he, I guess he lost the fight, one of the things he blamed was his heavy ring gear. Which is stupid. Well, yeah, which the gear looked similar to uh, Triple H's ring gear at WrestleMania 30 when he wrestled Daniel Bryan. And I guess Triple H, because I guess um they, they WrestleMania 30 was one of the ones I guess they replayed on this whole ESPN thing they've been doing. Right. And uh, Triple H goes, I guess he said something on Twitter. I wish I could find the tweet. He said on Twitter, um, <laughs> I had a one, but my heavy ring gear weighed my legs down. And I'm sitting there going, how low has your sport gotten to where you can blame ring gear? What? 
Yeah. Nowhere else have I seen somebody blame. That'd be like a Velveteen Dream lost a match and was like, you know, man, that Hogan boa, it threw me off. Like, what? Yeah, that is that is definitely insane. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, God. So something happened. I'm just looking at the news. Sorry, I mean to be quiet there. But yeah, oh, apparently no. there's something happening with the WWE Network in Saudi Arabia. Where like a fan was saying that he's having trouble watching old Raw episodes and a lot of them are locked even though he has a subscription. And WWE's response saying, Hi, thank you for reaching. Our sincere apologies for inconvenience. WWE Network will not be available in Saudi Arabia until further notice. <laughs> He's cutting shit off. <laughs> what? <laughs> they said, we have our problems. Well, guess what? Click. <laughs> oh, Is this safety. real? <laughs> Hey, yeah. let me see if it works. Dear WWE, I'm having trouble watching Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Is it gone? <laughs> what happened? Oh shit! The like, oh, so you go get us? Here? So you go get us soup out of your investors? All right, well, fuck you. Click. <laughs> you turn somebody's shit off like a child and brought home bad grades. What the fuck? <laughs> So something <sighs> something went sour with that Saudi deal. Hell they yeah! Didn't even give a reason. So much of the moment they just shut their network off. Wow. Oh shit. But yeah, apparently they're gonna be up really late to tape a whole bunch of stuff. And as of four hours ago, it's being reported that they already filmed content for WrestleMania and a bunch of other stuff for this week. So <sighs> you have that very crazy stuff. I'm looking through current news just to see. Uh, during tonight's Raw, it was announced that Dana Brooke was, uh, gonna be part of the match, that six-pack challenge. Uh, since then, they, she has now been removed from the match, and it's just gonna be a five-way. Which is weird to me, because they left Tamina in. It's weird that they announced something, and a few hours later, they fixed it. But then again, I mean, we've seen this, that's, I mean, remember when Sheamus announced himself with the Illumination Chamber? Yeah. That never happened. <laughs> it's so stupid, you know. It and it kind of upsets me because it's like you just throw Tamina in there, who hasn't been here all year, whereas Dana's been working her ass off, and you take her out. Like, yeah. So tomorrow, guys, you're gonna get a double episode of AEW Dark. They they want to give you a twice as large episode because of every they know what everybody's going through. Tony Khan tweeted out that with the fans at home who deserve fun and free wrestling content, we're streaming a double episode of AEW Dark tomorrow. Six matches on the card, and it'll feature top stars from AEW, many independent wrestlers out of work. We're giving chances to several of them tomorrow night. So look at that. A lot of the indie wrestlers that don't have work, now AEW Dark's twice as large, and it's going to be there. You know, there's that that helps, man. You see what I mean? Yeah, this is what I like with AEW. They're looking out for everybody. So you Not get a little bit better themselves. of an idea of what's going on here. Uh, WWE, they basically said, you know, just to give you a little good news about them, they said that they unlocked, quote unquote, a vast portion of the WWE Network library and extended free access to thousands of hours of extraordinary on-demand content. So uh, the free version of the WWE Network, you can watch all the WrestleManias on. You can watch recent episodes of Raw. You can watch recent episodes of SmackDown, WWE Untold, the FCW documentary, and a bunch of other stuff, even if you don't pay on the WWE Network. You have access to content now. That's what they're doing to try to keep people home. You know. <sighs> it's a lot, I know. Yeah. Well, if we don't do it, who will? 
They'll be appreciate us. Mm-hmm. We'll turn this shit off right now. We'll just fucking. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> just you know, fucking. I'll, I'll fucking pop the top of the hat. The mute button on my Yeti. That little. Yeah, never hit that fucking button. It just need a pro for the bit. <laughs> the magician will tell his secrets right away. Fuck it. <laughs> and we heard that AEW taped a whole bunch of just in case content. I guess they want to make sure that there's always something to have. You know, yeah. which with them, let's be realistic. Like if they're taping stuff that's not wrestling, it's going to be more interesting. Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, it makes sense, man. It totally makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably get into some of the weeklies. I don't want to keep you guys up too late. I know I started late today, so it's not as long of a show, but we should definitely talk some of the the weeklies. Uh, by the way, I'll talk to you next week in regards to the Chris Jericho. Uh, I mean, not the Chris Jericho, the Chris Benoit. Um, the, um, the, the Dark Side of the Ring. Cause I right, think part the two will be out ring. tomorrow. We'll be the, out the dark uh, side of the this ring. week. Yeah, I want to watch both parts. Um. I do want to talk a little bit about the actual documentary, though, and the execution of it, because Jericho uh, spoke to Sports Illustrated, Chris Jericho, and he's quoted as saying, I don't want to hear how I was glorifying a murderer. I don't want to hear that I'm ignoring this murder. I wanted to talk specifically about his life and times, his intensity and his success within the ring. We're not glorifying a murderer. We're telling this, the full story. It was done properly. It was done for the right reasons. And we were able to portray the full story, emphasizing the tragedy that that much further. There was a huge connection between Chris's life and Eddie Guerrero's life and his death. So half the story is the story of Eddie and the other half of Chris. I think we did the right way of portraying this, reminding everyone that there were people behind this, not just sensational murder coverage. There's a story to tell of a friendship and a family and a guy who was not a monster. This was someone you could trust and that was very respected in the wrestling community amongst his peers. Chavo Guerrero helped produce it and he's the reason I decided to do it. His mindset was, if we don't do this properly, it's not going to get done and it's it's going to get done anyway. Let's do it for the right reasons and do it the right way. I think he was spot on with that. Chava was involved, yeah. which got me involved. And David Benoit and Nancy's sister were involved. Then I was able to get Dean and Dean's wife and Vicky. Suddenly it became this noble project instead of a hack job, which is what the media tends to do in situations with someone they don't know. We knew the person behind this, not just the murderer. I like, I like how you put that. I really, I really like how he worded that because... Like, we know what he did. We all know what he did. We can't forget what he did. But we're, I'm also like, like the, thing, the thing with Jericho hit home for me because I'm not going to sit here and act like one of my favorite JR calls isn't after he made Triple H submit at WrestleMania. I'm not going to act like from 2004 to 2006, 2007, that wasn't my favorite fucking wrestler on the planet. We know what he did. But don't act like nothing happened before then. And at the Why? end of the day, these are people who, unlike everybody you hear on social media, social media, actually knew him. So right. what are you going to say that trumps anything they have to say? I 100% agree with that perspective. Yeah, uh, yeah this is and, it, and it's, it's tragic and it's, it's shitty. Yeah. You know, I get it. It, the, it, it the way sucks. Things went down, you know. And it's it's just rough. I'd like to see this, though. I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, it's yeah. available for free on YouTube, episode one, part one. Cause yeah, they, they yeah part one. Um, I'm going to share the link on social media. When I get a chance, I don't have it on me at the moment. I'm, I'll share the link on uh, social media for you guys. Um, that being said, I have the trailer here, and I think we should just all check it out. 
Yeah, let's take a look. The trailer was really good. My name is Dennis Fig. I run the security for World Wrestling, and one of our wrestlers that lives down there is missing. Okay, what's his name? Chris Benoit. It was a particularly brutal and vicious murder. It was something that showed some sign of real rage. Chris was just this gentle giant. Nobody expects their friend to kill their family. Like, what? can't point my finger at one thing and say this is what caused my brother not to snap. Media's initial response was that this was a roid rage incident. You get hit in the head thousands of times, your brain essentially can start to rot. People need to understand that that was not him. He was my hero. I need to talk about this. If you're going to say I'm glorifying a murder, stop listening now. Love it. Very interesting. Very. Yeah, interesting. I've already seen part one. Yeah, it's fantastic. Remind me. And after I'm, the, I'm excited to see part two. Remind me after the show to uh, put the link to that and uh, enter the actual full episode on our uh, in our social media. Yeah, definitely will. But yeah, it was just like I said. At the end of the day, you don't get to you don't get to tell your opinion as if it means more than them. They were around him his entire life. They know a lot more than any of us. And even they still barely know what caused her to happen. For a lot of, uh, for a lot of the wrestlers, he was family, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to look at it that way. I mean, Chris Jericho's told the story a thousand times at Eddie's funeral. The fact that like Chris hugged him, like he didn't want to let him go. Like, and one thing I've always heard is a lot of people do connect. Eddie's death to a lot of stuff because he wasn't the same. Yeah, he he really he took Eddie's, Eddie's death. death really Eddie's death triggered something, and I if you can deny it if you want, you, you there's no possible way to act like when Eddie died that did not have some kind of effect on him because people have said he was not the same after that. Yeah, it was like a brotherhood. Yeah, he and Eddie he and Eddie traveled the road. A thousand times over, so it's that that it that played some kind of a part. And a lot of people always say, "Oh, he took the same amount of headshots as everybody else. He might take the same amount of headshots, but guess what? Remember, he had a diving headbutt as a finisher, and he used to headbutt people on a regular basis. Yeah. Headshots will screw your brain up." <laughs> we don't know enough info, and uh, I know yeah. the devil's advocate people say that there was a history of domestic violence between him and Nancy. So we don't know. We don't know. You know what I yeah. mean? But. That at the end of the day, the people talking in this documentary know a hell of a lot more than us. Yeah, no, they do for sure. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take some time and look into it this week. So next week, I'll let you guys know what I thought of it. Uh, I think you should yeah. watch it too. Give me your opinions too. Like I said, yeah. hit us up on Twitter, man. Follow yeah, us. Yeah, definitely. Let's do like a, let's do a full blown review of it uh, next week. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm definitely down. It's funny. It goes to show um, when people are around each other, their minds kind of sink a little because I, I started talking about the Chris Benoit documentary before I saw that Mark 710 in the chat said, y'all talk about <laughs> Chris Benoit. <laughs> see, Mark knows how we think though at this point. So he, he, he kind of sees it coming. But yeah, it, it's, it, it, I mean, I'm going to watch part one over when part two comes out just so I can have a full top to bottom viewing of it. But yeah, it, it's been great from what I've seen so far. So, yes, very, very cool. 
With that, thankfully, we're done talking about all the crazy WrestleMania info because that was like that'll give aneurysm. <sighs> I was gonna do another bikini break this week, but it's getting late, so I'll just stack pile it with more yeah. stuff for next week. Yeah, uh, then we y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all could have a week off of Ted, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we gotta uh, talk about the weeklies, basically. You know, yeah. the weeklies. The weeklies. Uh, See, I knew we're I was gonna make that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what are we gonna start? I guess we should start with uh, AEW, right? Yeah, the show that actually had wrestling. Yeah, good old AEW. Okay, I'm taking a look here. You know what? First of all, I actually I want to start with NXT. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Let, let let's start from the bottom and work our way up. <laughs> it it ha- it opens NXT. up with Triple H and Tom Phillips, and then segues into an empty arena. And then there's the Champo Gargano video package where they go over the whole history of their feud and yeah, they're interviewing them. And it was cool at first to see, you know, they showed like Champ at the performance center. Do I remember him in Ring of Honor, the Sicilian psychopath before he had like the proper look to him and stuff. And they were discussing the singles match over the cruiserweight classic and the chemistry that was there. And as cool as the nostalgia was, this went on. This was about 40 minutes. And God, then it was it that long. It was forty minutes, and then it went from that into the recap of uh, who was it next? Shayna Baszler's recap was it, or or no? It was a uh, I don't even fucking remember. They just recapped all the stories. Really, there was no original footage. What a shit NXT at this point. This NXT was a recap episode. It was a recap episode. <laughs> I couldn't believe there it. was no actual wrestling. What are you fucking crazy? <laughs> Once you told me that. I didn't even bother to watch NXT this week. I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, you're going to recap shit I watched? Like, no. Yeah, well, fuck them. This isn't a go-home show for a pay-per-view for a fucking takeover, motherfucker. No. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> we need that fucking folly drop. Fuck them. <laughs> so anyway, AEW, apparently we're hearing, and I don't know if this is this week. Um, I don't remember what was on Dark. Do you have your Dark? Any, any Dark card in front um, of you? I have the one in front of me. It looks like this was a Colt Cabana singles debut against Peter Avalon. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. What was the finish to that? Uh, yeah, the finish basically. Um, Cabana caught him with that. I was it the Superman pin. Uh huh. The fucking okay. funniest thing I've ever seen. It's like a weird, like small package, and he just kind of goes ver- goes like horizontal. It's the uh. Gotcha. It's weird because it catches me off guard every time. But I mean, it's just it's so fun to have him here now. I originally heard that he was going to go like straight into commentary or something like that. And it's like, no, they're well, this upcoming, they're this upcoming week, he had a dark match against Brandon Cutler. And, uh, they said that there was, uh, the match had to get stopped at certain points and reshot and that Cabana appeared to be visibly frustrated. I don't know if this had to do with the structure of the way things are or being in the empty arena, but yeah, some shit went down. That's why I was asking about what the dark matches were because I, I don't know if that was what we saw this week or not. So much wrestling, you yeah. get confused here. Anything else? I'll probably, probably be tomorrow. But anything else significant on the dark card before we hit the the uh, the main shit? Um, nothing, nothing too spectacular there. I mean, of course, Riho her first match since she lost the AEW Women's Championship. Nothing like crazy. this dark. This is kind of just like, uh, hey, take your mind off the bullshit and have some fun. So. Didn't she lose this match too? Yeah, she lost this one too. Who was this too again? This was a uh, Penelope Ford. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was Penelope Ford. Yeah, a little bit of interference from Kip Sabian, but... Right, which is becoming a thing between them. Yeah. 
not, it's not looking good for all uh, 90 pounds of Riho. Huh? Mm-hmm. And of course, the main event, we had Christopher Daniels and Stu Grayson. Um, pretty much, um, Daniels got a cradle after countering the nightfall for the win. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we got that over with. Yeah. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this past AEW Dark? <sighs> Where do we start? Bravo, gentlemen. Well, I'm talking about <laughs> AEW Dark, not Dynamite. I Oh, Dark? Yeah. I mean... As always with um with the AEW darks, they don't they don't treat like like we've always said before they don't treat them like they're dark like they're like dark matches. Everybody has a story. Everybody has something going on. It was cool to see uh Christopher Daniels show up because it's one of the first times and I think a good bit that one of the top guys has um coming down there. Yeah, like we've seen everybody from current champions, top guys with feuds down there. It'd been a minute I think since we've seen somebody on that level come down. So it's kind of like it's a it's always a really good uh, note to see something like that. But I mean, the darks have been enjoyable, so I I've really never had many complaints with them. Right. So, uh, according to Alvarez, he was saying that uh, because of the turnout, I told you earlier there was a lot of rewriting and rewriting AEW to to deal with what it is that they had. And that being said, um, spoiler alert: I think they did a fantastic job. You would never know the troubles that they went through. Uh, <sighs> My God. One of the big changes, and I guess this is a temporary, maybe it's temporary, maybe it's permanent, but Brandy was back in the commentary role, her default commentary role, uh, and she actually announced it earlier in the day. So excited about Dynamite tonight, even though there are things going on in this world, we're really excited to... Brandy, sorry, hey, sorry to interrupt you, how you doing? Doing a little I got something to tell you, and I know you're not going to like it, so bear with me on this, okay? Okay, sure. Yeah, we can, we can do okay. this. Uh, okay. Justin Roberts is not here tonight. So that means you're the next in line. You're, you're going to have to be the ring announcer tonight. <laughs> That's so hilarious. I know that he would not do that to me. No, uh, no I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious. Uh, Tony, do you know how many times? Do you know how many times I've said publicly? social media and interview brought up that I would never ring an L again. Yeah. I, I and I'm that. the only person. You're the only person you're going to have to take one to the team. Mother <laughs> Oh, shit. That was wonderful. Sorry, Brandy. <laughs> Love you. Oh, God. So when she showed up on Dynamite, Underneath her nameplate, it said, so it says Brandy Rhodes, and then under it it says, said she would never ring announce again. (laughs) I love how much fun they have with that nameplate. That's messed up, man. (laughs) Like, why do you do her like that? (laughs) So AEW opens with a speech by Cody where he talks about recent events, and he talks about not living in fear, and also... He goes into how he uh, events like this make him realize how small he is in the grand scheme of things. He gets a little philosophical there. He basically tries to mend fences between uh, Hangman and Matt Jackson and the rest of the elite. And uh, he talks about how he needs the real Kenny Omega on this team. The Kenny Omega, you know, the Kenny Omega that he wants. I need the old Kenny Omega. 
and uh, Omega and Matt come out to sort of solidify this alliance between all three men. And then Hangman shows up at the top of the ramp, but he leaves and doesn't join them. Now, I have to say about this show, in the crowd, you have MJF, Wardlow, Tully Blanchard, Sean Spears. They were gambling in the crowd and trying to bring uh, Tony Schiavone in on the gambling. Then I believe at one point you had Sonny Kiss and some of the other baby faces across the other side uh, cheering. Very smart. Very, very smart. That's how you do things. There was a sense of atmosphere because even if they're heels and baby faces, it's okay to have the baby faces cheer for the baby faces and the heels boo, you know, the baby face. Like, kind of like a lumberjack match. You have, you know how lumberjack matches work. You got your heels on one side, your baby faces on the other. Even if they're not part of the storyline, just do heel shit. Just do face shit. Exactly. Like and that's this. what they were doing here. You know what I mean? He, he, uh, you know, I thought that was really cool. MJF first comes on. He says he doesn't care about the money for this match. You know, it's not enough match for him. It might be enough for some other people, but not for me. And he's going to just be in the crowd and watch and he's going to gamble. Go ahead, Dustin. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, like, from top to bottom, like, and I think we even mentioned in the chat room, there were points where we forgot there was nobody in the crowd. Like, <laughs> this dynamite was nuts. Yeah. And part of it, has to do with the lighting and the sound i'm going to get into that later on but part of it has to do with the lighting and the sound the good camera work that they did and the way the wrestlers work the fact that we don't uh go into there's no video package in this where it's like they let's show a match from a pay-per-view that was stupid and it's amazing that the lesser company this was a complete show this was a complete show it was don't don't not watch AEW. if you feel like you're you're not getting satisfied by wrestling watch aew this was a complete show uh that being said, Lucha Bros have the first official match against the best friends with the finish being the Lucha Bros go over with the spiked package pile driver. And uh it was a very interesting, very entertaining match as always. One of my favorite moments of the entire thing was the best friends go to for the best friend hug in the center of the ring. And then they kind of do a COVID-19 joke because instead of doing the best friend hug, they both kind of stop and go, oh, shit. And they do like a best friend fist bump instead. <laughs> but like they, they're not even a fist bump. It was more like the, just an arm bump. But what I love about it is they, they kind of, it was so disappointing, like, so wah, wah. But when they did it, they still gave them the Okada camera angle for the bump. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, bump. And then the fucking camera panned out anyway. Like, yay! Yo, oh <laughs> <laughs> I fucking lost it. I was like, wait a minute. Y'all really just give him the break, make a shot for our elbow bump? For the fucking bump. <laughs> I love that. That's the funniest, that's the funniest thing ever, that that actually came full circle saying, like, like they just they do little stuff like that just because they know somebody at home is gonna see that and laugh like no touching even though we're out here wrestling oh uh, my god orange cassidy has one of those lazy dives on everybody you know one of the lazy lackadaisical hands and pockets dives you know this was fun this was a lot of fun i i have so much fun with these characters during these matches the lucha bros mean as always I'm telling you, man, we ain't got these cute and cuddly luchadors over here. We got assassins, which, by the way, I um, I, I, I saw him post a picture of it on Instagram. I love that Venom mask from Pentagon. Yeah, real that cool thing stuff, is man. nuts. I'm telling you, if you were if you have followed him on Instagram, see, he sells those masks as well. The level of design in some of these masks are insane. Yeah, I got to say, I really needed this, guys, like. As not just um, a podcaster here, but as a wrestling fan, I really needed this. And I didn't really even know that I needed it because I wasn't asking for it or expecting it. To be honest, my attitude by Wednesday 
was that of just being drained mentally from the wrestling from the last SmackDown and Raw, where I kind of dragged ass watching this AEW like, oh, I can't do another one of these empty arena things. And as soon as it started, I forgot, you know, like it just it worked so well. I was so happy about it, you know. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. So post-promo, Chuck Taylor is hot that Trent got kicked in the dick when the ref wasn't looking, which is what cost them the match. Trent now wants the Lucha Bros to meet up, to to, to basically meet the best friends in a parking lot next week and have some sort of, I guess, a parking lot, bro. Smart move to change things up further from being in the the ring, which they don't even need to do because they do such a good job there. But now we get some sort of a parking lot match. Oh, God, the Lucha Brothers in a parking lot. Oh, Christ. Yeah, maybe it'll be pre-taped or something. Who knows? But I don't think they should go to pre-tapings yet, but maybe it'll have to be. Yeah, never know. Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander, Hikaru Shida, and Rito. Riho have a fatal four-way. Um, interesting match. The, the girls are still a little off. They're not great. Uh, Statlander winds up setting Riho up for like a, a bridge in the corner. She's like bridged across. You know how you've seen somebody bridged across the middle uh, yeah. corner? She has her bridge there. And then she asked Sheeta to German suplex her into Riho. Which I thought was interesting. She German suplexes her and then tries to go for the cover. Sheeta goes for the cover on Statlander. Uh, <laughs> and it's kind of betraying her there. Uh, I thought that was inter- interesting dynamic with the girls there. Uh, Penelope Ford, who's actually one of my favorites, I can see now, uh, I hate to say, but I see now why that's somebody who, although good character and everything and does have good fundamentals, you can't put her in the top row right now. There's, there was like a lot of crazy shit with her in this match she botched like a top rope hurricane rana where she basically just fell um and then she seemed disoriented afterwards they were setting up for like a double suplex and she didn't seem to know how to get position herself properly if you look at the way she ran it the whole thing just looked a little bit weird uh long story short hikaru shida goes over with a running knee on penelope uh kip saban and cole cabana they wind up having an altercation on the side where kip winds up getting slapped old school wrestler style by cult Smacked the fuck out of him. Then we had Kip Saban and Cole Cabana. Well, I'm sorry. And then we had John Moxley in a promo, uh, where he's uh he's on the list of of uh do not enter for the arena, and this is due to injuries. And he's all hot and he's furious, and he's like, "We got enough problems out here. They don't need me punching any cops. So I'm just gonna go blow off the steam." <laughs> and uh, that's it. Moxley is out in that expensive car that Jericho gave my life. That that stays. That, I don't <laughs> stayed consistent in the car. store. Just drove off in that shit. Yeah. Like I said, I took your car and your title. Yeah. Butcher and the Blade against the Jurassic Express. Uh, I don't even remember what the fuck was the finish here again. Um. Basically, MJF tried to shout instructions to Butcher and the Blade, and uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Want to take advantage of that and get in the win. Right, right. And then Ashworth's commentary was emphasizing about how it caused that to happen. You know, how he basically cost him the match. Yeah. I'm really I'm just telling sick you, of man, that. Jurassic I, Express rolling hot. Like. I don't mind them. And as much as I like the team, I I've, I pay less and less attention because I'm just sick of this match, this this feud between them and the Butcher and the Blade over and over again. Like, too many. No more. No more. No mas. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and then I think after this was uh, the grand reveal. Yeah, so uh, the Dark Order shows up and they talk about how the Exalted One is near. Christopher Daniels is in the crowd and he calls out Evil Uno and he says, there is no Exalted One, it's just you two assholes there. And then the revelation is made of who the Exalted One is. And uh, I'm actually going to put that, I think we have a, do we have a clip here of that? Yeah, we have a clip here. 
that I could instead put up of, on the screen for you guys so you can see the revelation if you don't yeah. know already who the hell. Uh, instead of telling you, we'll show you. The Exalted One is... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I would like to take this opportunity to introduce myself. I am the Exalted One of the Dark Order. In very short time, you will be up to speed on just who I am. Now, I'd first like to state that the new rule of the Dark Order goes like this. We do what we want, when we want. And if I want something, I take it. And now let me put it in a different way because maybe the stupid out there didn't understand. If we come and knock on your door, you open that door and you let the Dark Order in. And if you don't, I personally will kick that door down and lead the Dark Order through it. Seems to be a little bit of silence. Maybe you don't understand. Let me make this one a little more personal, a little more tangible for you to feel, Mr. Christopher Daniels. Oh, you thought you were safe, didn't you? The thing about it is now the word is out, Chris. You are very unsafe. All your jokes, all your games. Did you really think you were going to go unpunished? Mr. Daniels, I assure you, you are not the first out-of-touch old man to not believe in me. But I will make damn sure shots fired last. Now let me take this time to formally introduce myself to you, Chris. My name is Brody Lee. And I am the Exalted One. Back at ringside, former Luke Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee, gets the attack. And uh, he takes out Daniels with a big boot, and then the other guys take out Kaz. So, the Exalted One has been revealed. Brody Lee has been unleashed on AEW. They're saying that he borrowed a lot of this in that video package from Negan's first speech in season six. And that if you go back and watch, you'll see the parallels. I was going to probably try to, but not with the time we have. Again, I don't want to run long, so maybe yeah. some, some other point. Um, Bray Wyatt tweeted and he said, it's just me and Rowan now. And then, <laughs> under, and then underneath he put the, uh, the visual, you know, it's a popular clip. Where like this reporter's talking to this little Spanish kid and she asks him <laughs> if he misses his mom and he first smiles and he's like, yeah, No, I know the starts, one <laughs> and he starts crying. He put Even that he shit he's fucked. He put that shit underneath there and put it's just oh, me and Rowan now and then put just that, that that little meme of that kid crying into oh. the microphone with the fucking reporter. Where do you know what I'm talking about? Where the kid looked happy at first? And he's yeah, he was so like, fucked up, man. That's what, that's what brave. I just noticed that he. <laughs> I mean, he's speaking Damn. the truth. You got the lead, you got the only member of the Wyatt family who's done nothing. Like when you think about it, the Wyatt family, at one point was up to four people. Only three of them have ever accomplished anything. And now we can't have any more reunions of them or the Shield. Oh God! Because let's be real, nobody's bringing back the Wyatt family without 
Brody Lee. The two the two biggest trios that they've made in the last decade, and the and the only trio reunion that we have a chance, the highest chance for, is fucking three MB. Oh my god! But you got Drew, you got Jinder out there somewhere, and Heath's still around. <laughs> we could still have a three MB reunion. Bring the old band back together, literally. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, it might happen. See, sure see what will. happens when you don't treat your people right? They'll do it. I mean, let's remember what other options do they have. They'll do it. So, after uh. this, you got uh, Jake Roberts, right? Who he's basically doing a promo where he's calling out Mr. Cody Rhodes again, which Jake Roberts, nothing better than a Jake Roberts promo in an empty arena because, like, his voice has the atmosphere for that kind of shit. Since he's a creepy, oh, yeah. now he gets to play a creepy old man. He's not here to talk. But, you know, Cody Rhodes, we laid the gauntlet at your feet, bro. Caesar, man. We gave you a little bit of respect. And what did we get in return? Absolutely nothing. Don't you realize I'm a Hall of Famer? You should pay attention to me. I have a record that you're going to look at and say, holy crap, what have I gotten myself into? We don't play games. We came here, we told you what we wanted. It's one thing for you to keep away from us and, and try to keep out of harm's way. I understand that. But to ignore us is like spitting in my face. We just don't have that. We will not have that. You know, I listened to him and his little friends out here bitching like two little girls worried over who's going to the prom. Look at us. Shut me up if you can. And I don't think you can. So, Cody, it's time. It's time for you to stand up and meet the man. We came here for a specific reason. It was not going to be something that was going to turn into something personal. But it will. And it has. You had your chance to meet us straight on. Now, we will get your attention. Think about it. We will get your attention. And that's it from Jake Roberts and uh, Murder Hawk himself. Lance Archer here in AEW. Here's more. On Lance Archer. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I was in denial about that being Hornswoggle. Like, how come he looks? He doesn't look fat. Who is? I mean, hey. Is able to accept the challenge. He accepts all shapes and sizes. Who is ready to try or die? Try or die! Try or die! Try or die! Try or die! So this is Jake and Lance Hoyt slash Archer going to some AEW backyard wrestling event where he's like destroying everybody. As JR once said about Stone Cold, hitting everything that by God moves. Everybody touches. 
Hey, look, it's easy. It's like someone was watching that scene from Mortal Kombat where Goro's just fucking everybody up. that doesn't matter now Legend killer spot. Just ooh, ooh ah. <laughs> hard times. Yeah, hard times when a damn near seven foot tall man with a red bull hawk kicks the your, dog shit out of you. Yeah, whips your ass. <laughs> All the TP in the world can't save you from that ass whooping. I like you see how to use the legends properly in this company. Yeah, they don't put them in the ring, putting them over everybody else. They put them in, like, Jake comes off as, like, a tutor-type role. Yeah. Like, Arn Anderson, he's there giving Cody guidance. Like, Tully Blanchard giving Sean Spears guidance. And it works, because it yeah. makes the younger guy look badass, and it gives the older guy a good role. You know, everybody gets what they want. We don't want to see these guys wrestle. It's their personality that carries them over. And even when, like, Arn will get in there and hit the spine buster, it's not like Arn's heading to the next fucking AEW pay-per-view with a championship. <laughs> and that's the thing. WWE doesn't know where to stop. If Arn hit the spine buster and got a big pop in WWE, he would be the champion. He'd win or the he'd Rumble be, the next he'd be featured, years. he'd be overused after that, you know? So Sometimes you do people. stuff just once. Maybe every little every little once in a while, because then that, then that way you're not taking away... From the long-term guys, the guys you actually need to be focusing on. Mm-hmm. So then the inner circle comes out, and they use the inner circle music, right? Don't use that shit. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to it? I, I heard it. The inner circle music, yeah, it does not work. Listen to the shit. Wait, wait, that's not it. No, no, no. That's the one that works. That's the good one, but that's not their music. Was this the it's first like, time it, it's like it doesn't it? hurt that it goes out and it's like that or Judas. Like it doesn't help at all. On top of the fact that it's not that good. Yeah, like the inner circle used to be the Judas one. Is there no version of it that has their uh their song out? I would love I, to I get know. a version of this. It might just not be up yet, maybe, huh? Yeah, because it's because they just started using it, right? Yeah, I think this is only like the second time it's been used, maybe. Oh, here it is. At a total combined weight of 609 pounds, Santana, Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara. Inner circle represented well here. I'm going to show you some B-roll, folks, of, of the Battle Tag Team Battle. Do you hear that shit? 
Oh my god! It sounds like like it, it sounds like the generic music you'd hear in the game. I'm gonna do something. Listen to this. Man tag team match set for one fall with a 20 minute time limit. Evolution is a mystery. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, and I wonder was it just me there? Inner circle represented well here. I'm gonna show you some view. Don't use that shit. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. What the fuck? God, just ruined us all for me doing now. It, it was terrible. Just use the Jericho one. Yeah. It's a different graphic. It's like the inner circle have to have a less charismatic song. Oh man! <laughs> but anyway, when Jericho does come out, uh, fucking Sammy <laughs> Guevara singing the um basically the song, and he's and he's like he pops at the end for himself. Fucking Sammy like, Guevara yeah. is the funniest. Fucking he's great. Also with his signs, where he's where where uh you know just basically the trolling the faces, the way he's doing that, all of that stuff was really good. But uh. Yeah, yeah, he said he was. Mark said he was about to say something like a bootleg evolution, right? They shouldn't use <laughs> that. I'm like, the you see, thing. they shouldn't fucking use that. How come? Ah, anyway, Inner Circle versus the Elite with the finish being Santana's pinning Matt Jackson, and afterwards Jericho bans all fans, even if the world changes tomorrow. No fans are allowed at AEW Dynamite anymore. He doesn't want them there cheering for the Elite. He's had it with that shit. Can't blame the man. You know, you turned on your, your, you turned on the champion fans. Uh, he's been emphasizing this throughout the night, but he makes fun of them. He taunts the elite, the elite for only having four members where the elite, where, where the inner circle has five. He counts the members down to each of them holding up the middle finger, pointing at the elite that are in the ring. He also emphasizes how we've never hit each other with each other's finishers before. Um, there's this really funny moment where, uh, Hager, He's doing push-ups, and they're like, yeah, look at him. And then they take Guevara and, like, get on top of him. And Guevara gets on top of Hager, and he's still doing push-ups, right? But then they switch, or at least that's what Guevara thinks. Then Guevara, he kind of goes to do push-ups, and he kind of like, yeah, like, now you, now you. Like, it's like a fucking Hager's going to get on him. <laughs> and um, I like the fact that Hager immediately just picks him up, like, by the back of the shirt off of, off a of fucking push-up. He just picks him up, drags him off the back of his shirt back into the air. Like, get the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Sammy Kovara's fucking gold. I just love the fact, yeah, now me, now me. And he starts doing push like, yeah, like, fucking Jack Hager's going to That's get what him. happens when you don't think past the hype. <laughs> I just love the fact that he immediately, <laughs> he with no hesitation, no wasted motion, he just picked him up by the back of see, his fabric. See, if like, I was Hager, I would have done it. I just said, I'm like, fuck it, all right, pick, let's do this then. He picked him up by the back of the fabric of his shirt like he was a small child and brought him, put him back to a standing <laughs> position. He did, like, he did like a cat, does his kitten, just yeah, back like, of his neck. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna stand on you. <laughs> fuck out of here. You're <laughs> crazy asshole. What's wrong with you? Oh, it's so funny. Oh, oh gosh. But yeah, um, then Matt Jackson basically goes on to reveal, like, they're not going into blood and guts shorthanded. Pretty much, he made a phone call, and then an old friend shows up. Mm-hmm. Because this is where what do I we think... have here, Chris? See, a lot of the stuff you're saying, it haven't been true. We've, we've had our problems. But one thing, there was one mistake right there in your little speech. The elite isn't outnumbered, Chris. That's right. It's not, it's not just four of us. No, no. In fact, I made 
Vanguard one. A friend who owed me a favor. I think this is a case where the no crowd being there benefited a little bit because then you hear Vanguard one coming. Right. But I also because, heard, because if a crowd would have been there, they're going to point it out long before you hear it. But I also heard them interview. I believe it was Jericho. I read an interview with him where he basically said that that had to be an adjustment because what they were really hoping for was that reaction when the crowd, someone would have eventually spotted the drone. And yeah. slowly, they really got the slow burn pop from more and more people realize this drone's flying around. Yeah. And then they go nuts. Yeah. That's luckily, the one it was thing able about the show. It, but yeah, that's the one thing about the, the show that great. disappointed me that I felt kind of sad about. When I saw that, I, I, I actually thought that before the interview. Like, man, I remember saying, imagine the pop right here when they see Vanguard one that we don't get to hear. And that's yeah. what they were going for when someone realizes and goes, look, and then someone else goes, look, yeah, you know. Because everybody, everybody in the wrestling world knows that drum. Yeah. So that was a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But, but what are you going to do? Yeah. But it was kind of funny when um, what I was alluding to with the Jericho podcast earlier. Um, He mentioned the name uh, Damascus. Basically, what we saw show up is Damascus. Basically, um, how Hardy described it. The easiest way I could describe it, it's a more violent variation of Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah, he tweeted. Which is said, why uh, this shows up in with why that's going to be in Blood and Guts. Yeah, he tweeted and said Damascus is a much older, more vicious, and quite darker than my previous essence. The second coming of Broken Matt Hardy will be very different from the first. Was his exact yes. words. And which, then doesn't... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, which is also where... Uh, the red highlight comes in. It's meant to represent the more violent aspect of this other essence. Pretty cool. That's a lot of thought. That's a lot of thought for somebody to put into it. Cause I, I heard the Jericho podcast after this. So I didn't think anything. Oh, I was just like, Oh, he just got tired of the blonde streak. The fucking red, but there's actually like a representation behind it. That's cause he's really good with this kind of stuff. Tell me, man. Good to see him. Man, put his career first. Damn it. <laughs> yeah so uh dustin Rhodes sent a message out saying thank you all at home for tuning into AEW dynamite tonight we did our best to put a much needed smile on people in this trying time now what worked about AEW that didn't work about the previous raw and smackdown is for one the lighting they didn't emphasize the brightness of the empty seats where that's all most of the camera is on raw and smackdown the silence the fact that you had baby faces and heels out there making a lot of noise. The silence during WWE is deafening to the point where you're hearing the shitty echo. It's bouncing off of the wall. The fact that they go out of their way to hide the the um, the cameraman, the equipment, the people, the, 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 the help 
and uh, it makes it more awkward than W than, than AEW, who's honest about it. The whole vibe of WWE sucks, and it's showing no signs of getting better. And the fact that a company that's been as established as they are has to rely on these big recaps and these crazy video packages, it's just very telling of where they are as a company. Uh, Jerry Lawler spoke to uh, USA Today, and uh, he basically said that he's been that he's been to football training camps where the players go through their practice sessions with loud music or crowd noise piped in, and he doesn't think that it would hurt anything if they piped in some crowd noise behind the matches, and even explained uh, to the to the fans that it'll make the matches more entertaining and it'll make it easier for the performers themselves. I can't agree with that either. Like, listen, this isn't fucking Three's company. Yeah. We know, you know there's nobody mean? there. Like, you can't put a fucking laugh track. Is that what you're saying? A laugh track? This man's basically saying, hey, let's throw a laugh track in there. That'll fix it. I feel like one day someone's going to be like, what if we put people in there? And they're going to be like, people? <laughs> That's a good fucking idea. <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? A laugh track? How come AEW point, went through no trouble figuring this out? It's just marvelous and cold intelligence, man. I'm telling you. All I'm saying is, um, can I count them out yet? <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> no, don't count them out yet, man. It'll be okay. They're just waiting for the right moment. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they know exactly what the fuck they're doing. They meant to do that. Yeah. It's all part of the okay. master plan. <laughs> You couldn't get past that last part. We got AEW right where we want them. <laughs> no Gronk. What are they going to do without Gronk? Get them, Gronk. <laughs> oh. I can't even bring myself to make that the title because then Gronk's a part of the bit. No. <laughs> Remember who used to be back in the day during the attitude? Get him, boss man. Now I'll be get him, Gronk. Oh, <laughs> Here comes the pain. Here comes the Gronk. Oh, my God. Gronk. Gronk, gronk, gronk. <laughs> oh, God. CWWE, it's not that hard to be entertaining. Just do shit that makes sense. Well, let's talk ratings. Oh, I've been waiting for this all week. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Oh, because I saw it, and holy tits. <laughs> so, like I said before, my prediction was pretty much that there was going to be between a 200 and 300,000 fan lead of AEW over NXT. But I didn't factor in NXT losing 100,000 fans in one week. Bringing the numbers to AEW Dynamite, 932,000. And wait for it. Almost a million. They almost hit a million. 932,000 against NXT's 542,000. They almost beat them by almost 500 thousand and they you- almost beat them by five hundred thousand and almost hit a million on the wednesday show i think that's the closest they've gotten right what have we learned as you would say don't put on a taped video package show you see what happened you see that you see people and shit move around and are alive <laughs> you know <laughs> look people reacting you see negative amazing you know yeah. I saw Brian Alvarez post the fucking ratings. I almost dropped my phone laughing. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Good luck getting those people back. Oh, God. We ain't going to see them. We ain't going to see them back till after the virus. And by then, their ratings might be as low as the amount of people in the fucking performance center. 
Like I said, AEW wins. War's over. <laughs> you don't come back from this shit. Awful, you awful, me? awful. You, you're awful, the company, awful. you're the mecca of sports entertainment that's been around for a thousand years. And yet a company that's been here maybe a year was able to handle no people in the building better than all three of your shows could, really? Meanwhile, over on the blue brand, everything has gone to hell. <laughs> the card, and, and basket. The card <laughs> itself and the plan sounds like shit. <laughs> so they say, well, we're going to fix this. Send gronk. in the Gronk. Oh, let's play the clip and then I got to fucking. I'm not playing the whole clip. Yeah, we're, we're not playing a little oh, no. bit of the clip, like as much as I could hold my breath of the clip because. uh, <sighs> And if it doesn't work and if it doesn't load for some reason, then ah, uh, fuck it. Oh, <sighs> we'll be able to describe how stupid this was. Wow, I didn't mean to jinx it, but yeah, I, it's legit giving us an issue. That's awesome. It's almost like it as, see, even the, even the universe knew. I'll so, put the fucking clip on yeah. over. Give me a minute to get it. But yeah, talk talk a little bit about it, please. Go ahead. So basically, Mojo and his Mojo Mojo and his shows up, and I don't know why this man was. Keep going, keep going. Sorry, I, I don't know why this man was so hype in a room full of nobody, but he decides to announce that making his appearance on making his appearance in WWE for the second Mojo. Second time ever, fucking Rob Gronkowski, and this motherfucker. But he said, "Did you notice that the Mojo says for the first time ever?" Like we didn't watch that WrestleMania, yeah. And it was like, "What do you mean for the first time ever? Like for the first time ever since the last time? Not the first time ever on TV either. They they just showed a video package of him everywhere, so you can't mean for the first time ever anywhere. So what do you mean? Are you are we are we talking about the same thing? Like, oh my god! And then the best part about it is like, this is why." They shouldn't just be bringing people in from other sports. Let's let's this show it. Now I'll show it. I'm ready. Oh, Introduce brace yourself. For the first time ever, Rob Gronkowski! Uh-huh. Watch this shit. His... Oh, that sucks. It's painful to watch. Let me tell you something. The way he dances. Second grade from the nosebleeds. <sighs> when the WWE will come to Buffalo, New York, my hometown. I've been watching at the arena. First of all, CW Arena, that is. In Tampa, he literally gives the same shitty promo as Mojo. If I close my eyes, I can't tell which one of them is talking. When there was only five people in the stands, I've been to sold out WrestleManias in front of 80,000 people. And now I'm here in front of zero people. And I'm still hype, baby. But this time I will be hosting WrestleMania. See, you can't tell if it's Mojo or him. They're both the same. They're both the same. The only difference is people know who Mojo is. I mean, as you should already know. Yeah, you're giving him too name. much fucking credit. I don't know about that either. But yeah, this whole thing. First of all, this fucking guy's dance. I'm <sighs> say what you want about me. This guy's dance isn't masculine enough for a football player. I've seen Jaleel White do fucking more masculine dancing as Steve Urkel. I've seen Sonny Kiss dance more masculine. I've seen more masculine dances out of Carlton. 
Oh my god. Yo, see. <sighs> anyway, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Okay, um, the fuck. Look. <laughs> First of all, you see what happens in bad times, in times of 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 times of turmoil. You know what I mean. You see what's happening to us. I'm so glad you gave me that moment because it gave me more to like concentrate the words because I'm fucking scrambled after that. First of all, what is up with that music? I I can't be intimidated by you at all. At this point, I think you're on queer from the straight guy with that kind of music. Second of all, motherfucker, don't pretend like you watched this shit because if you didn't, you wouldn't come out dancing like a mark, an untalented mark at that. Yeah. Third of all, you know it's bad when Mojo Raleigh and Mike Cole or Michael Cole are the most famous people in that fucking ring. Yeah. Because then, unless you know watch football, nobody knows who the fuck he is. <laughs> yep. And then another famous person comes out more famous than them because Baron Corbin, never have I been more happy to see my king under God, these circumstances. Oh and he tells the Mo Jokes to stay in line. And that's the name of this tag team, the Mo Jokes. Uh, at least that's what I'm calling them from now on. You gave him more credit than me. I wouldn't even give him a fucking name. And then Elias pops up because he wrote a song about it. Like the here, here goes. Ah. And, uh, <laughs> he winds up getting nose to nose with, uh, what's his name? Corbin winds up getting nose to nose with Gronk. And then Mojo winds up getting on all fours behind Corbin and they hit him with right, the old, the first time. They, they hit him with the old DX trip kick. You know, where, they, where you have someone behind you push him the way you used to do to Michael Cole. Then Elias throws Corbin out of the ring. And then Gronk basically advocates for Elias versus Corbin at WrestleMania. Yay! So we have a match with no build because of Gronk. I'm so happy the Gronk segment is over. Go Gronk yourself. I can't anyway. remember myself to do it. No, you don't have to. Uh, you will not be a part of this. Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak have a match against Cesaro and Nakamura with the finish being Daniel Bryan going over Cesaro via Sunset Flip. And afterwards, backstage, Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn agree that if Drew Gulak can beat Nakamura next week, that Zayn will defend the title, the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, FYI, for the last couple of weeks, this stable has been calling themselves the Artist Collective. If you're wondering what to call Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Nakamura, they are the Artist Collective. I like it. Not the best thing I've heard, but I like it. Yeah. Paige brings it via Skype and has the nerve to say that it's good to be back on smackdown when you're on laggy skype and i'm glad she's immediately interrupted by bailey and sasha sasha and her badass new tiger striped attire and they tease Paige about being non-combative to which she uh basically then makes a big deal out of the fact that she got permission from fox to announce bailey's match at mania which would make you think it's something unpredictable but she has to defend her title against Lacey Evans. At the time, Dana Brooke, who since then has been pulled from the match, Tamina, Naomi. And uh, this causes Sasha to in turn call Paige a bitch. So then Paige goes, oh, yeah, well, then you're in the match, too. I guess Paige is GM for that segment. Just like old times. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to throw all the girls into a clusterfuck match. Uh, they show John Cena versus Bray Wyatt's previous match at WrestleMania, I believe it was. Yeah, they, WrestleMania 30, Bray's first yeah, mania. Yeah, with the exalted one out there. Ooh. Crossover. Not, not, not the best time to show this. I know I said I like crossover, but this might not be the kind you have in mind. <laughs> I'll stick it to those AEW guys. Remember where he came from? No. Mm-hmm. Then you get a backstage interview with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, which 
if you listen to it, they need to fix the acoustics or some shit with their microphones. It doesn't work. It's echoey. It's hollow. I can hear them twice. You know, come on, man. Get that shit together. Uh, you have a segment with the Dirt Sheet, Miz and Morrison, and a very cringy, doing very cringy, shitty imitations of New Day with unicorns on their head, bacon people to symbolize Otis and Tucker, whatever the fuck. This leads into Miz and Morrison versus Otis and Tucker. Uh, Ziggler, Ziggler even causes a distraction here, which the, this whole Otis thing, poor fucking Otis, he never gets a break. Um, basically Ziggler's out there showing images of him and Mandy being happy together. Otis winds up getting hot and he practically destroys both Miz and Morrison against the post by himself. Uh, then he winds up putting them through a barricade and he goes out for a chair, but Tucker tries to wind up stopping him. And then Otis still, still, he, he, he winds up, uh, giving in and he goes to town on Miz and Morrison getting disqualified with the steel chair. He throws the chair. He has like a breakdown. He cries into Tucker's man boob. Very sad shit happening here. You don't piss off a big a man that big, all right? Like you yeah. <laughs> it was everybody sad. dies. I like that segment. I thought it was done very well. I didn't yeah. mind SmackDown. Uh we bring it home with Roman Reigns and Goldberg. This is like uh the final showdown between them. <laughs> Uh, Roman Reigns does a great job. He calls him Bill. He calls him a punk. He basically implies he doesn't have the title. He did a good promo from Roman where old Goldberg has to say the other time is he says he's been, he's been destroying steel doors with his head for years. That's your retort. This guy called you Bill. He said, Hey, listen, (laughs) Bill, because that's who you are to me. You're Bill. You're Bill from down the block checking his mail in the fucking morning in his robe with his coffee mug, Bill. Slippers. And his slippers. So, Bill. Hey, uh, Bill, you didn't destroy any of those doors. And all you fucking have to say is, you know what? I've been headbutting steel doors for years. You Concussion City, him. motherfucker. <laughs> you showed him. Good thing Roman's not a steel door. Oh, my God. Goldberg flips the table and they stand nose to nose to go home. And Goldberg looks as old as ever. And that is how we end SmackDown. Oh, my God. (sighs) Yo, that shit was painful. Well, I remember when you said you were at that part. I was like, you could just stop now. Everybody in the chat room said, just stop now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I, I have to see what I... I've been destroying doors for years. Motherfucker, win. Bitch, where? <laughs> I, I was there when you forgot your promo after busting yourself open on the door, bitch. I was there. Uh-huh. I wasn't at WrestleMania. I was there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh my God. Um, we, we, we started with Gronk and we ended with Goldberg. That's a You start with Gronk and end with Goldberg. Exactly. God, exactly. Two shitty football players. That's terrible. It just doesn't work. God, one played for the Falcons. Another one was Gronk. That's fun. Oh. Yeah, neither of those is good. It, it seems like there's a running theme. Keep football players out of the WWE. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to Raw. But before we even get to Raw, I wanted to talk a little bit about last week's Raw. No, I'm kidding. No, but we I do wanted to bring up the Chell Sun and watch last week's Raw. And I, I can't play the whole thing because we're still pressed for time. But I wanted you guys to hear uh, Chell a little bit here. Who here watched Monday Night Raw? Now, I got to tell you, my fandom of professional wrestling is grossly overstated. I don't know the last time I watched... Monday Night Wrestling. It it has been rotten garbage for such a period of time 
And the last show that I ever saw, I saw live. They came to Portland. I actually went. So I haven't seen it on TV in a period of time. But I watched on Monday. And I watched on Monday because my phone was lighting up with people telling me, hey, you got to turn this on. This is the worst thing I've ever seen on TV. And I'm going, I don't know that you could make Monday Night Raw any worse than Monday Night Raw has already made itself, but I'm in. And I'm the guy that will look at a train wreck. That's true. I'm the guy who logged on and watched Joey Diaz's podcast because Front Row Brian sent me a text and said, Joey Diaz just fell asleep while filming his podcast. So I turned it on and watched Joey sleep and snore for two hours just because I wanted to see if Joey was ever going to wake up. At any rate, I had a very similar experience watching Monday Night Raw. This was so bad. Now, I have to tell you, good for them for pushing forward. Good for them for doing their best and bringing a level of entertainment. Absolutely. But here was the mistake, okay? They ran this out of the NXT Training Center. This place is state-of-the-art. I'm from sound to lights to a ramp to the ring to the built-in seats. Just an absolutely beautiful arena. The problem that you have, let, let me ask you guys this before I go any further, okay? If you haven't seen this disaster, let me ask you this. How do you think it would be produced? How do you think it would be presented to the audience? If you were the producer, how would you present it? Pause a moment and think. Okay, great. Let me tell you what most of your answers were. Most of your answers were, I'd have either dropped a curtain around the whole thing and blacked it off and put all the lights up right over the camera and the action is, and I would have done what's called shooting tight, or... I'd have just blacked out the arena, put the lights over the ring, and filmed it that way. There is boxing events that I could name. There is mixed martial arts events that I could name right now where they will over-darken an arena. Why I don't, I don't agree with their lighting package. It will be a sold-out arena and will look as though absolutely nobody's there because all you can see is the lights that happen to be on the apparatus, the ring or the cage. I don't agree with that, but that's ways to do it that are happening right now, and that's with 20,000 people live. The WWE, for reasons that are never going to be understood by me, decided to light the arena the exact same way. So the same lighting that was on the ring is the same lighting that's on the first row, second row, and the 20th row. They did not dim it in the least, so they steered into the fact that nobody was there. It looked ridiculous. I had no idea, until watching this piece of rotten garbage, I always assumed the performers were the star of the show. I now know it's the fans. If you have no fans at a wrestling event, you, you're in a hard spot. So the performers would come out, and again, this wasn't their fault, right? This is everybody's first time, and this is one of the problems you have with live TV. I'm only voicing it to you because there was a lesson to be learned here, and I'm hoping this, this, this was learned. It looked as though this was a dry rehearsal. Now, it's okay, and it's going to be a success in the long run, if... For WrestleMania, which by example, they're going to run out of this same exact training center and only stream it live, absolutely no audience. If they used this disaster known as Monday Night's Raw as a dry rehearsal for WrestleMania and they dim the damn thing and let the action be fully on what is happening in the ring, they're going to be okay. But this was a mess to the highest of levels and even the performers who had never done it before in their defense didn't know enough to know what they didn't know. For example, they would come in and they would start addressing the audience. One performer literally said for those in attendance and for those watching around the world on television, what? There is nobody in attendance and you didn't even fool me on that fact because you're showing me the crowd. You get the point. That is a man who has never stepped foot in a wrestling ring. Literally just told him how to run the fucking show. 
He knows the entertainment better than they do, you know? He's right. It was too bright and it was too quiet and too echoey. It just felt empty and shitty, you know? And they should know better than to do that. TNA knew the dark and fucking rings for how many years? How many fucking years did we have to practically get like binoculars and flashlights to be able to tell who the fuck was out there? There was a fucking TNA pay-per-view that was called The Descent 3. That's how fucking dark it was. They have that kind of common sense. WWE doesn't. The fuck are you doing? This is the it's so awkward. It's so awkward to look at a SmackDown that looks like when you get to the fucking advanced levels on Mrs. Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Why, like, why is I go to your fucking wrestling show and it looks like the fucking rain, like, like, you know, like when you're playing an RPG and you're going to launch an attack and you aim it and you can see how wide the AOE is. Why is your wrestling show looking at that for two hours? May as well put the fucking strawberry in the middle of the ring. (laughs) It'd be more entertaining. Ah, Ridiculous. Oh my God. When people who aren't in the wrestling business can tell you how to do your job, you don't know how to do your fucking job. I don't want to hear anybody ever talk about, oh, it's harder than it looks. No, no, it's not. Just have common sense. But there is one person who had a good time with Monday Night Raw. And his name is... No, not him. You thought it was going to be him, didn't you? I thought it was going to be him. <laughs> I mean, hey, let him switch shows at fucking Will. So I was like, oh. No, Asuka. Asuka was really excited because remember there was a point I, I, as I opened last week's show I said that I got to listen to a Japanese woman scream at two Mexicans and that it was very surreal. Oh yeah. Well apparently she gave a promo about how much fun she had doing that. Yay! Commentary! I like how she fluttered off the screen at the end. She legit fluttered off the fucking screen. That's for real. She went, ha, 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 and fluttered the fuck off. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I refuse to believe there is a cameraman out there who does that shit and is not dying behind that fucking camera. Oh my god, she is so fucking funny. Like she's awesome. upsettingly funny. Oh man, that bitch yeah. was all over the screen. <laughs> I'm gonna share that now for you guys in the chat room and on social media. <laughs> oh god. Can't understand shit she's saying, but she's animated all hell, so it's like fucking. <laughs> and the worst part is she knows she's funny. That's the worst part about it. <laughs> it's not like this shit is a hunch. It has been established in her that she is funny. <laughs> oh man. It's just funny watching her try to heal it up and then do it fucking in running interference. She'll do that little dance, little fucking shuffle jig on the ramp. And I'm sitting there like I'm supposed to be taking this seriously, but damn it, this is funny. So good. <laughs> so good. All right. Now we can talk about Raw. <laughs> so it opens with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. With Brock, with, with basically Paul Heyman saying that we live in most uncertain times right now, but he gives us certainty within Brock Lesnar. Then he <laughs> says, then, now, and forever, Brock Lesnar 
which you know what then now forever is an outdated catchphrase they got rid of that opening and now instead we get the that doesn't have the dun 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 there was no more then now forever you know if you're gonna use a catchphrase keep it updated it should have been then now corona like why wasn't that the catchphrase <laughs> if you're trying to keep the things up to date then now forever is outdated come on get your shit together then now corona write it down <laughs> Raw decides to show an old Royal Rumble match they've proven From that like they can't five years ago yeah they, they've proven that they can't do this without clips it's the triple threat match between John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. One of Seth's best matches is actually where we realize that he wrestles better as a babyface. You know, but I guess we didn't realize that because here we are again. Things come full circle. I don't really care to talk about an old match, so we're going to move along to the first, uh, I guess, official segment after Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, which is the OC who show up with AJ Styles making fun of The Undertaker wearing what he's calling maternity pants, and he calls him a gothic dog, the, star, the, the bounty hunter, or a tiger king, which I don't know what the fuck that reference is. Uh, the whole tiger king thing was a reference to him. It was a video that he actually did on his Instagram, the whole saving the tigers thing. Oh, I see. Right, right, because he yeah. goes into that later on. Uh because, yeah, that's right. He does incorporate the, the tiger shit that Undertaker did because Undertaker and Michelle McCool have some Save the Tiger shit going on, right? Yeah, and they did like a legit like video to it. Which isn't weird at all, just completely. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's take a look at this here. The tiger stands as the last great sentinel of the forest. If we lose the tiger, we lose a piece of ourselves forever. But if we can save the tiger, we could save the world. In order for the tiger to survive, it needs clean, clear skies, pristine lakes and rivers, wide open spaces, clinical prey animals, and most importantly, it, it needs, needs you. you. People who care. Therefore, if we save the tiger, we, we can save, save the world. world. If we don't save the tigers, no one will rest in peace. To learn how you can learn how you work and learn how we are helping to save them at rarespeciesfund.org. I've seen I've seen better infomercials with act with, with, than than Michelle McCool's acting. Yeah, she is a line reader, huh? You hear her reading it, them lines. She she sounds been, like she's in a fifth grade assembly. It, it's been so long since I've seen her. I almost didn't recognize her. I was like, that's fucking Michelle. Oh, she reads the shit out of lines. I can never understand when I hear people read. And they read out loud like that, you know. Yeah, but but she, to me, she that's really, really she weird. the shit out of that. Shit. But even if, like, I'm, I've had to read this whole night. I've been reading for hours. At any point, did I sound like it? No. How the fuck do you have a two and a half minute video where you just have to sound like you're not reading and you can't sustain two and a half minutes of kayfabe of not sounding like you're reading something? I've done three fucking. I've done four hours now. And I've had to read things nonstop. And not one time did I basically say, in this next story, we will be discussing. You know, like, what the fuck are you doing? Come on. We were talking all that shit for he bust through there with that fucking beanie cap and pants. Come on, man. Oh, we see on the other side of the map. Ridiculous. <laughs> now, Destin, go tell him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am not heirs to the cabin, motherfucker. I will not. I've seen how that story is. It's not fun. Oh, it's great, great. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I wish you could see. I had a real moment, too. Like, this motherfucker just sacrificed me. 
So he incorporates making fun of him with, with, about the shit with the tiger. And then he says that he wants to take Undertaker soul, but his wife's already beaten him to it. And then he challenges him to a boneyard match at WrestleMania. What the fuck is that? They haven't even said. You can't just make up a match and expect me to get excited about it. You could chant you at that point. You may as well chant him to a Campbell soup fucking match. Like, what difference does it make if I don't know what it is? What you call it? Boneyard match. Like, I took a guess for a second because I remember they did that shit with the Inferno match. They call it a Ring of Fire match. It sounds, and I'm hoping this is best case scenario. It sounds like it's supposed to be like a PG version of a Barry Live match, which Fuck in off. that case is stupid. Boo, boo, boo. But at this point, match. let's be real. Wouldn't put it past him. All right. Well, that's the way that segment ends. The first official match is Ricochet and Cedric against Andrade and Garza. And this is match is an hour and 15 minutes into the show. Hour and 15 minutes into the show. It was match of the night already. Already, because we're an hour and 15 minutes into the first match. Garza goes over Cedric. The heels try to pick the bones. The street profits do a run-in who are at commentary and wind up chasing them out of the ring. Which pretty much segues into our next match, which is the street profits versus... uh. Shane Thorne and Doug. Shane Thorne and Doug. Correct. I said I was going to... AKA the Mighty Neil. The Mighty Neil instead of the Mighty Don't Neil. How did this happen? Well, I asked Destin, who the fuck's that? What's going on? And he said, well, it's Shane Thorne and I'm calling them the Mighty Neil since we don't know who the other guy is. And um, I said, well, I'm calling him Doug then. So there we go. Shane Thorne and and Doug. These two matches were literally to promote the fact that just because it's a Street Profits versus Andrade and Garza for the tag titles at Mania. Yeah. Because we're just handing out tag titles now. Pretty much to everyone. Everyone gets one. Oprah style. Uh, it was a good match, though. The Street, the street Profits wound up going over via their frog splash finisher, that little double team frog splash thing that they do. Cash out. Cash out, correct. Video of our truth climbing out of Riddick Moss's trunk and then rolling him up for the 24-7 title. And he says, you need to go back to football, Randy Moss. And then he t- drives away. <laughs> Come on now. You know damn well Randy way more famous. You know what I love about this angle that made it so funny? First of all, it was a ref that just drove up for some fucking reason. Riddick saw it coming, and he goes, where is he? Where is he? At no point, as long as his fucking belt's been around, did he ever think, look behind me. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> fucking amazing. <sighs> Charlie Caruso interviews Shayna Baszler and asks her about her actions and previous brutality versus Becky Lunch. <laughs> because that's what we call her now that she gets bitten. To Shayna, she's Becky Lunch. We know Becky likes puns, so you're Becky Lunch now. And uh yeah, basically what was cool about this was was uh Lynch shows up and she tags the shit out of Shayna with a chair. And it was cool because the way to interview for the first time, the the place is dimly lit. So you can't see Shayna right behind Becky. So you, you can't hear, you can't even see the ring ropes. It was so, so they you had it so hear close the chair pow before you see her, and then she then she wails on Shayna. Very cool. I love the way that was done. Char- Charlie looked petrified. Yes, yes. Very, I, very I, well at done. any moment, I was waiting for Shayna to just drop her down and just hang. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alistair Black versus Leon Ruff. Whoever the fuck that is. Finish being the Black Mass uh, squash match. Nothing else to say about this. Just a time filler as if they need them. I guess they do. Because now they're promoting another match. Aleister Black versus Lashley at Mania. Yeah. With no build up with a few days until Mania. Less than a couple of weeks and we're having these matches announced for no reason. It's disgusting. It's terrible. 
Kevin Owens calls out Seth Rollins and out comes Seth Rollins and Rollins says that he didn't train in this building, the performance center, because it wasn't built when he got here because the building itself was built on his back when he had to train in a dilapidated warehouse and that when he got told that his past didn't matter, which is a big deal for anyone who knows at the time, Seth Rollins was a big fucking deal. He was the Ring of Honor world champion, amongst other things. Um, and he basically talks about how none of this exists without him. He talked about all his mania moments and the fact that KO has had none. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? What else? Was it just the Randy Orton thing was the last thing? Yeah, because they just replayed Charlotte and Asuka. We know how that turned out. Yeah, so, yeah replay of Charlotte and Asuka's match from WrestleMania. They just cut out the part where John Cena interrupts the, the winning moment to just to just fucking to hang out with the Undertaker. Anyway, Randy Orton does his promo now, and this is this is basically what I was talking about earlier in the show. There was smart video package usage here because you have Randy Orton and he's talking about things, and as he's talking about and referencing things, being that Monday Night Raw was taped, uh, and we just watched the tape today, they were able to splice in the scenes he was talking about. So as he's talking, instead of you just staring at Randy Orton in an empty arena, it's cutting to the things he's referencing. Kind of like we're doing with the with the Brunchtron up there, but to a more advanced level. That being said, uh, that's probably what they mean by WrestleMania. That's probably why they're taping it. They're going to try to do a compilation of spliced together stuff and good stuff, but I'm just hoping that it's substantial with better quality light, lighting and sound. Uh, but that's essentially what they're doing. But he just basically says that everything that he did for uh, for Edge, he did with love. And uh, what happens after this? It just ends with that? Yeah, they just end with that. But the only difference is, unlike last week, Orton to get Soprano like Austin did, because that's one thing I forgot to mention last week is the fact that the fact that Stone Cold went off with his catchphrase and the shit just in the middle of it. Yeah, maybe it did. That, 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 that motherfucker said, and that's the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're not used Go back to and watch it. That's really how that shit. Happened. They're not used to ending with that. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking wonderful. I just said in the chat room, like, they soprano him. <laughs> that motherfucker said, that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold. <laughs> Yo, that's the second time that you had, like, like, when, when it hit, like, 10, 58, I started getting scared, because I was like, oh, God. Oh, that's God. The, that's the second time you had to dig at Stone Cold for their production. The first was a few months ago when he brought it via Skype, and you said because the way the audio quality dropped, they went, oh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't like doing this wrong, but you keep making me do it. Oh, hell yeah. I swear, because it sounds like it was piped in. And fucking, oh, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> Yo, that fucking production kills me. That fucking I production. I don't like it. You know, the best part about it is, full disclosure, when we went off the line, everybody has their little one-liner. I hit that shit, and apparently this motherfucker died on mute. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. Oh. oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't like doing this to him, okay? But damn it, y'all make me do it every time Austin shows up. All right. All right. Well, anyway, I you know I don't even remember the last few seconds of Raw, so maybe you're right. It must yeah, have just that, cut off suddenly. Because I just remember Orton talking about how he did everything with love, and then I just don't remember there being Raw anymore. Basically, Orton said he accepts Edge's challenge for a last man stand. Imagine that motherfucker made it out with like a minute to spare. Uh so yeah, they're gonna have a last man standing match. They, they this is more up to uh, for the fantastic build up going to WrestleMania. Oh God! Yeah, God can't help you now. I'm still no, I'm, I'm still laughing about the fucking Austin thing because I've forgotten about the Skype thing. 
Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Put the Chow Sun in one up there, too, for those of you that are on social media that care about being having access to that kind of stuff. Oh, did we, did we put the tiger up there too? I don't even know if we did put the fucking tiger up there, you know? Yeah, I put a tiger up there for Mark bust up in your house flipping tables and shit. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it, right? We got to get out of here whether it's it or not. If we missed anything, that is too bad. We're going to try to bring you, uh, be a little bit more organized next week. Like I said, it's trying times. It was a little bit chaotic here. Uh, I'm fine. It, it was just because of, uh, trying to sort the news, guys. Everything's good. Everything's wonderful. Everything's gravy, copacetic. Call it what you will. That being said, thank you to everyone who had patience and hung out with us for this entire night. Again, just watch yourself out there. You don't have to be crazy. This is not end of times. There's nothing that's going to really change in the foreseeable future. We'll get back to normal normality of things. Take proper precautions, but don't let this become a cult. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Dastin and George Z and Willie V2, Emang, AC, Kula Ice, Mark 710, Saku Hasu, a.k.a. Marceline, the Vampire Queen, Stasis, Dig, Trade the Ruler, Leia, Expert, uh, Creator Roy, and of course, all of you listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Podcast app, and across all popular chat rooms, as well as live in the chat room. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Bunch Live, episode 373, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we are out of here. And that's the bottom line, because Talk Bunch. Shut it down.